Shadows of the Everlasting Hills. <laughs> wow. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes, indeed. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's Monday, December 27th. I think today's Boxing Day observed, is it not? It is, yeah. First day of the week that people can actually get into the stores. Yeah, I was in Canada for a couple Boxing Days, and it, and it was go to the mall where the mall stores had their cage doors, either, you know, all halfway down or three quarters of the way down or closed to where only one person could squeeze through at a time. And then they'd wait in line out in the hallways of the mall. And then a, a bouncer would let two or three shoppers in at once to avoid, you know, they had complete to, and total discombobulation, to the shopping curve. <laughs> wow. They had to flatten the curve. <laughs> right. Well, Hey, today we've got a, a guest host with us, by the way, I'm uh, sure Jordan do. Bruno. I'm Bobby Flood. And we have uh, our friend Truman with yeah, us today. Truman, Truman, just Truman. Just Truman. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just Truman. Don't undersell yourself. Well, like I, I, couldn't th- I, can't, I couldn't think of the last name. <laughs> What's Truman's name in the last name in the movie? Truman Burbank. Burbank, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Burbank, they give him a last name. How you doing? Doing all right. So it was an eventful weekend. Truman uh, here is not unfamiliar with the Mind Virus podcast. He's he's listened to it in the past. Tell tell us uh one thing I wanted to ask just spontaneously so I have avoided in the pre show workup okay. bringing this up. So I want to know spontaneously like what's been your favorite not episode, but what's been your favorite thing or topic about the Mind Virus show? What's like been the most awesomeness awesomest thing? I'm not, not not the worst. Okay, I guess we could do the worst thing too. But what's your no, fav- favoriteest? I thing? I love I love the I love the esoteric discussions. Oh, okay. So I I love that. Stuff. It's not the it's not the Cuomo voice. Come on, I thought you were gonna say it was the voice, and you wanted me to do the voice full time. <laughs> no, the Cuomo voice is pretty. That's funny. getting to be my favorite part. The Cuomo voice is pretty funny, but no, I I, I really like the the esoteric stuff, the Warren Heaven stuff, the uh, you know kind of the. Dang. The mysteries whenever you guys get I've been that. practicing a voice. Let's hear it. Not the voice, though. Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> so, Truman, you say that uh, your favorite part is not the voices, it's the esoteric discussion. <laughs> you mean the reason that you like this podcast was the reason that we started it in the first place? <laughs> right. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> okay, back back to your regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, I like the content. Okay, I've been working on that. That was good. I, I, like that. I, I can also do the Vicini voice. Yeah, from Princess Bride. You fell for one of the classic blunders. First off, never get involved in a land war in Asia, and only second and slightly less well known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Ah, that's not quite as good. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it's it. Getting close. It's pretty good. Well, Truman's feeling a little awkward, I think. Truman, right now. yeah, no, I don't. I, no, I, I don't. What's do your voice? What's your I, voice, I, man? I, I, I don't have a voice. 
Hmm. Every voice matters. That's what Twitter tells me, <laughs> right? <laughs> Including the ones except, that they silence. Except exactly. for the, one, the ones that like censor. Yeah. A thousand, a, a million voices cried out at once <laughs> and were suddenly <laughs> silenced. Uh, yeah. So you, you two, Truman and Bobby, have a lot in common, by the way. Uh, both gamers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I know from discussion with Bobby and Truman here that you guys have both played plenty of video games. One of my favorite t-shirts that uh, Truman here wears is a, a Gypsy Danger t-shirt from mm-hmm. uh, Pacific Rim. So you've got a bona fide yep. wow. compatriot here. Uh, I was I, th- I thought maybe you would say that your favorite episode or segment of an episode was our D&D discussion. Do you remember hearing that? Yeah, that that was pretty funny. That was funny. I thought that was good. D&D is... I had to laugh at that. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) I haven't played a whole lot of it, but I've watched a few few of those episodes with random people on the internet. It's it's strangely (laughs) intriguing. Well, and it's gotten gotten mainstream. You know, it used to be satanic nerds, and now it's (laughs) just nerds. Just regular nerds. Just regular nerds. Oh, yeah. Well, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, um, well, we 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 uh, we should probably be really esoteric today. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what that word means. Well, I could, okay, so <laughs> esoteric. <laughs> he can give you the background. Thirty minutes later. Yeah, esoteric. <laughs> esoteric means hidden. Oh, right, 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 right. You knew that. The the idea with esotericism is it's uh, something that's hidden with symbol, concealed out in the open, or potentially hidden. You know, the word occult has sort of a bad rap or yeah. rep, as they say. Do we say bad rep or bad rap? Bad rap. Where does that come from? Vanilla ice. Yeah. <laughs> had a lot of bad rap. Stop. I don't know what rap... Because rep would be like reputation. I don't know where rap comes from. Like a rap sheet, maybe? So I'm asking Google, and Look it says etymology. "bad rap" is the original phrase meaning a bad or undeserved <laughs> reputation. Bad rep, which contains a literal shortening of reputation, has historically been interpreted, interpreted. Yeah, that's it says interpreted as a spelling error, but has seen <laughs> enough usage to merit entry. How do you misspell rep? This is the Merriam reputation. This is the Merriam-Webster yeah. def- definition, by the way. So they couldn't spell R E P. No, they said bad rep is a misspelling of bad rap, but it's a shortening of the original word. Let me read that again to you, Bobby. Raputation? Listen listen up. (laughs) Bad rap is the original phrase, meaning a bad or undeserved reputation. Right. Unless you're vanilla ice, and then it's a raputation. Then it's just Mm -hmm. your career. Bad rep contains the literal shortening of, quote, reputation, but has historically been interpreted as a spelling error, but has seen enough usage to merit entry in the Merriam-Webster lexicon. Well, they never get it wrong. I'm still a little confused by that, but it's probably not worth diving deep into. Do you want me to read it again? No, no, I get it. It just seems backwards. (laughs) Does it not seem backwards? The rap versus rep? Yeah. Yeah. If you were going to shorten the word reputation, what would you shorten it to? Rep. Okay. That's... Case closed. Like, you know, BYU has that reppin' the Y but shirt, reppin' for represent. Yeah, why don't they do rappin' the, the Y? Well, isn't it from Rap Sheet, though? 
No, that's Merriam-Webster says a bad or undeserved reputation. Okay, let me scroll down. This is, and here's the problem in the world today is we're looking at it on a laptop screen or on a phone screen where we only see the first two results on Google and therefore that becomes the reality. Here's writingexplained.org, and I'm not even clicking on any of these, any of these links. I'm just going off the summaries on the Google. Again, Snippets. evidence of why reality is whatever Google says it is. Right. They confirm that bad rep is a misspelling of the phrase bad rap and probably stems from the use of rep as an abbreviation of reputation. Here we go. Grammarly.com. The rep in bad rep and the rap in bad rap are not different spellings of the same word. Rep is a shortened word of reputation, while rap, and I'm going to have to click on this link. Is it rapport? Uh, Here it it is. Okay. Rap has a longer origin story. Rap came into the English language around the 14th century as an onomatopoeic word, much like clap or slap, and it meant a quick blow. In the 18th century, the word was used as part of the phrase to rap someone's knuckles. Short time later, people began using rap to mean responsibility, blame, and rebuke, which brought the meaning of the word closer to the sense in which it is used today. So here Grammarly has a more yeah. right? a more plausible take than the Merriam-Webster dictionary. I wouldn't trust Webster. I think days. we just found a glitch in the matrix right here. Rap sheet, by the way, rap sheet is a record of someone's criminal history. It actually right. means record of arrests and prosecution. Hmm. Which is R-A-P, an acronym, not onomatopoeia. Right. Who is right? (laughs) The battle of wits has begun. (laughs) The battle of wits has begun. It ends when we both drink and one of us is dead. By the way, there was one other thing I liked about the podcast was the, the flack our illustrious governor gets, which is great. That's always funny. He hasn't been taking very much flack lately. He needs more flack. He's he totally laying, disappeared. He's been laying low in the Twitter sphere. He he tweets. He still tweets like thirty times a day, but a lot of them are likes and retweets. Mm. And the people he retweets, benign stuff, tells you that he's his head is full of gravel. The 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 the, <laughs> inform, the information he is getting. He retweets all the statists, all the party lines on Corona. On economics, it's just like his, you know, he retweets David Frum for crying out loud. Who's that? He's this milk toast New York Times writer that says things like, the soul of politics is getting along with people you don't agree with, or things like that, where it's mm. like, vote with us and you'll be popular. Right. <laughs> anyway. Okay. My voice wasn't as good there. We'll leave the voices to I'm Bobby still, here. By the way, I'm still waiting for my rendezvous with destiny. <laughs> he promised me a rendezvous with destiny if we elected him, and I'm still waiting. A was year, that his own a, rendezvous or, uh, or, or he yours? He said it was the, the state of Utah's rendezvous with destiny. Maybe he meant the legal fiction that is the state of Utah. So, and not you, Bobby. Well, I feel ripped off. Lawsuit. I have an acquaintance who Maybe. actually knows the governor but this acquaintance has a very 
colorful colorful uh, palette of language that he uses. You can't say that stuff on the Mind Virus <laughs> podcast. This is a family show, Trent. Family show. Anyway, he uses that color, colorful palette in the presence of the governor, and the governor has more than once told him he needs to stop using those words, words. and and calm down or step out of the room. So, is this somebody should, that works with him? Uh, it's, an, it's an advisor who advises. He, he's a medical doctor, but he kind of has an army background. He should pass a law against swearing. <laughs> against swearing. That's so he's, he su- he's super obsessed about people. Maybe cursing. you could tweet that to the gov. Pass a law against swearing to clean up this state. <laughs> Get us back I'm on Mayor track. Goldie Wilson, and I'm going to clean up this town. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you yes. can start by sweeping the floor. <laughs> okay, let me unwind the that tangent here. That was always a good line. You could start by cleaning this floor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a colored mare. That'll be the day. I've got to get back to the year 1985. If you know what movie that is, well, is everybody knows what that movie is, yeah. Okay. Okay, so to unwind the tangent here, the bad reputation, bad rap conversation was about the word occult. Mm-hmm. Occult right, has right. a bad rap. Because that, that's another word that simply means hidden, right? To be occulted is to be hidden. And it has this sort of satanic con- connotation. So if you begin to read more scholarly or more thoughtful work on the subject, you might find people who frame the occult as not necessarily bad. But in modern Protestantism, which is what mostly has influenced American culture, it's bad, it's bad to be occult. So the, the esoteric is important because our brains work on, a, our subconsciouses work on a different level, right? Than what, what's totally obvious. And we're influenced in a lot of ways. And of course, that's the whole, whole point of the Mind Virus show. So Truman, congratulations. You got it. <laughs> you got it. And, and now you've been uh, graduated to the level of co-host okay. for a day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it'd be fun. Uh, you guys have a lot in common and, and uh, Truman here enjoys the topic. So I think it'd be fun to have a discussion together. And um, there were some things we were, we were considering talking about. Uh, the occult and the esoteric, though, was not something we had pre-talked about talking about. You asked me what I liked I the know. most. I just yeah. you know, threw it out there. Well, what to- okay, which, uh, which esoteric topics? Well... What's, what, is es- what is esotericism really, right? Because you have so hidden, surface hidden level... Teachings. Okay, so yeah. you have surface level metaphors, right, yeah. in a movie like... The Matrix, for example. Yeah, or Truman Show. Okay. Oh, let's talk about The Truman Show then. <laughs> Fine. I like The Matrix too, though. What's the... There's there's like multiple layers, right? Yep. So what do most people see then when they when they think of The Truman Show? We've been through The Truman Show. Right. Well, or, or with The Matrix, right? They just, they see a group of individuals or one individual being oppressed and being kind of imprisoned to a reality that's not not true but uh, in general it's oh that poor person um poor neo poor trinity you know poor truman right help Making help up. i'm yeah. being oppressed yeah i didn't vote for you but then i think it <laughs> I, then i think it goes deeper to oh wait there's multiple levels of control and multiple levels of reality so, and then, so and am I right in saying the, the generally the first reaction to the Matrix, for example, is it's the government, right? That's the machine? 
Would it be? Maybe. In the Truman Show, who's the who's Christoph? Is he? Well, yeah, I guess or capitalism or the system or the Truman Show is less big brother less or, so related to the government, right? Yeah. Because you have Christoph is kind of a clear demiurge character, I think. Yeah. You're the film student. Is this creden- credible credential yeah. discussion yeah, on the Truman Show? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Christoph. He creates the world. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a god type. But on the surface, he's just this eccentric billionaire director. He's not even like... He's not even it. the owner? Right. I don't think so. It was his idea, though. Yeah. He's the owner in the sense that he's the director, he's probably the, the he's producer. The artistic I don't think they controller. go into like really who funds it all. And right. They also, it doesn't seem like they there's any discussion about the ethics of it. Well, um, I think know, that's the, the whole... Yeah, world. not Yeah, in the inside, it's that, that's the whole point of the movie, right? Is you've got a whole... So you probably have a whole swath of people uh, on the Truman, who've watched the Truman Show, thinking this is a movie that's commenting on the ethics of what would happen if they really did this. Can you right? imagine yeah. if, if, I don't know, governments or whatever conducted like experiments on every person in the country and like locked them in these... That would never happen. Domes or their homes <laughs> or... Domes rhymes with homes. I don't think that would ever happen. Stay, stay safe, stay home, right? Yeah. Well, that could be the slogan. <laughs> <laughs> stay safe, stay, stay home. And we could have a camera in every home. Right. Yeah. Right. Multiples. Multiple cameras. Or, uh, oh, I saw, uh, I saw an article. I won't try to pull it up right now, but uh, that... People are abandoning their smart devices after generally about two weeks or two months. They get tired of them. Their their spy devices. Did you happen to see that? No, people aren't getting rid of these. They're addicted to these. Well, I'm talking about like Alexa or oh, the, the Google yeah, those smart assistants. Home. Those are, are terrible. Yeah, you're right. These are smart. These are spy devices for sure. The, the yeah. why do we even need uh, an Alexa when we have a cell phone right. strapped to our bodies at all times? Well, the cell phones even have the built-in. Assistant, if you want it. Yeah, what's yeah. that, Siri? Siri or Alexa. Alexa or Google Assistant. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. Can you repeat that? Where did you bury your guns? Please repeat that. So, I, I, I don't know if you guys have seen South Park. I'm uh, a little, South Park a, fan, a, 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 Bobby. We never talked about crass. South Park. I've seen crass. a few episodes. But they have a new episode that's like, it's post-COVID. Yeah. Basically, years in the future. Oh, I think you and, said that to me and I yeah. watched it. And and in one part, one of the main characters has grown up, and he's having an argument. What's with the a, character? Uh, Stan. Okay. He's having an argument in the car with, uh, with 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 a with a woman, and they're arguing. And then he dis and he says, "Shut up, Alexa, or or stop, Alexa." And then she disappears. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think it's his wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think it's his wife? His wife the whole time. Oh, funny. And then, like ten seconds later, he's like, "Alexa, I need directions," and she reappears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, the Blade Runner twenty forty nine kind of has that type of a character played by uh, that supermodel uh, Anna De Armas, I think is her name. She's a she ends up a Bond girl, and uh, she's in a lot of the narco type of movies because she's a sort of a Hispanic. Yeah. Or Spanish, Latin flavor. Could be lots of different things. She could be Middle Eastern, Spanish. Yeah. yeah. But she plays this uh, 
kind of you know what, if you've seen that movie right uh-uh. you haven't I, seen I haven't blade seen runner blade runner you're kidding you should see it i saw the first one. <laughs> oh. well that was that was an interesting show <laughs> all right i'll look it up yeah did you end up seeing dune yet no no but we did see spider-man the new... oh how was that you two guys have both seen spider-man i haven't yep. seen that yeah it's good it's fine not a whole lot of wokeness in the new Spider-Man. Yeah, they kept it. They kept that out of there. Spider-Man doesn't become Spider Lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any uh, anybody see The Matrix yet? I was gonna watch it. I hear it's pretty terrible in terms of they try to they try to basically take the red pill and blue pill and reclaim it. But I I need to watch it. Yeah, I heard that the uh, the writers of the new Matrix were upset that the right wing quote unquote the right wing had yeah. stolen. The red pill, blue pill analogy, and you guys, this <laughs> to the to the writers of the Matrix, it was during the Bush administration that the red pill, blue pill thing got really going. Because if you if you remember your, your chronology, the Matrix comes out in 1999, yep. and then we get 9/11 in 2001, where somebody blew up the twin towers. By the way, mm-hmm. I remember that, and then. People start getting red pilled, realizing that it probably wasn't Arab terrorists, because yeah, on what, account of the fact that they're still alive. What does it mean to be red pilled? Well, it means to see things for what they really are. That's exactly the analogy. It's not even mm-hmm. an analogy in the movie. It's literal in the in the movie. That's so people started saying, "Oh, you've taken the red pill because you're seeing things for right. what they really right." Are. And the big the big JFK deception or whatever it was. See, back in the '60s, it was JFK wasn't shot by a lone a gunman. That people, couldn't have been a lone gunman. A lot of people had a red pill moment when the reporter at the NASCAR race said, "Let's go, Brandon." They right. they said, "No, my eyes yeah. and ears said they're saying something different." The reporter said, "Let's go, Brandon." Right. If we go Joe back- Biden himself says, "I agree. Let's go, Brandon." Yeah, he right. Did say that. He didn't say- <laughs> Now I got a link to that. Guys. Now that guy is getting threats, I guess. Yeah, he's because, getting, yeah. He did go on. He was interviewed by Steve Bannon or, uh, today or something. Or Joe Biden was or the guy? No, the, no, the, the guy. guy. Okay. I was going to say. Him. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to get an IRS audit here pretty soon. Oh, yeah, poor guy. <laughs> well, the, I don't know if you remember uh, Timothy Geithner as the secretary of treasury during the the tarp bailout in 2008 during the big financial crisis yeah some dude started selling a stamp (coughs) some guy started selling a stamp that said tax cheat where you could just stamp your dollar bills and your hundred dollar bills underneath timothy geithner's name with the word tax cheat because he got in trouble right it Mm -hmm. it was found out he was he was avoiding taxes and he he didn't even get a slap on the wrist right this is a High-ranking government, job government well official. Immunity. Yeah, he got a job, job well, well done. done. Yeah. yeah, he got a handshake. And so somebody starts selling these these stamps that, where you can stamp the, the currency and call... Did he get... Uh, did he, he got get, audited almost yeah. immediately after he got... He, got uh, put, he was on a few alternate media programs and then he got people audited. For, people forget that Obama was using the IRS to harass his political opponents. You know, little mom and pop conservative action committees and stuff yep. like that. Yeah. Well, if we go all the way back, you know, the red pill, blue pill thing comes out into pop culture in 1999. We get the collapse of the Twin Towers and World Trade Center 7. Yep. And it, I'm pretty sure all the Mind Virus podcast listeners are aware that there was a third skyscraper that collapsed that day. And 
I think that was a, a red pill moment. It wasn't for me. I didn't get it. I was I was certainly bought into the mainstream propaganda. That was a red pill moment life, for me later. Th- when later I saw the video and you see the people on the British news network. That's the moment. It's like they're like the, there's been another. The Solomon Building has collapsed, but and they it's said right it, behind it. Yeah, they said it before it had collapsed, which meant that they had been tipped off and said, "Hey, here's your script for tonight." Right. There's a building that's going to fall down, and you need to report on that. <laughs> the Texas people were prompting right. the the British. The British. That's, my That's what was congested happening. fed with a cold. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's having a tough time kicking this this cold here this year. Yeah, Santa brought me a brand new cold. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. There's been a lot of red pill moments in the last twenty years, and that was one of them. Uh, there's footage, I think, where you can hear the countdown. Right on Building Seven, they start counting down. That building's going to fall. Yeah, the firefighters yeah. are like, "We're going to pull it," and so. What? When the government comes out and says in their NIST report that that was due to office fires, right. people start going, hey, maybe I should look closer at this. And then it turns out right. nine of the 19 hijackers are actually still alive. Mm-hmm. And they've tried to get their names cleared, but nobody cares anymore. Well, Did then, you, were you aware of that, Bobby? No, I didn't, I didn't hear that one. There are, there are several yeah, hijackers so that are alive, and they've tried to get some notoriety like so how did some they reverse how did they survive the <laughs> exactly <laughs> the plane crash <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's what i heard. but what what going back to the now wachowski sisters yeah wachowski sisters what is it they're trying to reclaim because the the red pill analogy the red pill idea it's pretty straightforward what are they are they trying to mean what are they trying to tell people why are they upset about it do you know truman well it's actually the two writers who wrote it so it turns out it's one of the wachowski's now sisters or sister who is doing who did the 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 new film the other one is mia so they actually didn't write it together. Oh, they didn't. They didn't collaborate mm. on it is this not, new it's one. Not, it's not a Wachowski script. So it was written by two writers who are heavily left leaning and very liberal. And you know, I think it's is it Lana Wachowski yeah, or I Lily? Think, I think it's Lana. Lana. I don't. I don't know. Whatever the names are, but anyway, one of them directed it and produced it. But then she, uh, they <laughs> they didn't write it. Okay. I don't know what to say about these crazy pronouns these days but yeah <clears throat> but they don't they don't like that was saying well that's like, the thing though it 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 tends to it tends to like jordan was saying <laughs> hey the magic of editing okay 26 17 but, <laughs> but red pill tends to lean right wing if you want to politicize it. Well, that's what I was trying to say. That's where the the left certainly isn't telling us any truth. In 2006. The the government itself, they aren't the ones What I'm saying is in 2006, in 2006, when most of us weren't awake, us Gen Xers or whoever that are really driving this awakening, in 2005, 2006, which, which is when I first was exposed to it, and I was very resistant to it, and I hated this Matrix analogy. It's like, mm-hmm. I haven't even seen that movie. You bunch of dumb nerds or yeah. whoever talking about uh, this shoot 'em up uh, dance fight movie, whatever it is. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, Mark. and I haven't seen it, and you're saying 9 11 was an inside jog. We need to turn Iraq into a glass parking lot. What in the heck right. are you talking right. about? 
And so I, I was very resistant to the idea. And I'm telling you what, the conservatives were in control at that point. It was the, the Bush administration, and we had a big mass patriotism thing going on where people were going over to Iraq and we're, we're shooting them up and our guys well, are coming the, back and hurt. And a lot of the same people in the news now who are, who are telling us lies. What, what's the conspiracy theories? Disinformation. disinformation. Lies. Misinformation now. Are doing, are the, are, who were, they were doing it back then, telling us Iraq had WMDs, right. telling us that there was ISIS in Iraq, telling us all of these different See, things. See, this, this is how you get your friends. If you can get them to listen long enough, you have to say, no, it's not left-right, guys. We're not. And that's the problem with this woke, wokest propaganda that these writers are spewing. It's like, no, this, the red pill thing happened under the Bush administration. It was... It would have been called liberal at the time, or right. or leftist, or whatever. I wonder if they'll come after that uh, Red Pill USA podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing is, is the the writers for the original Matrix they took a lot of their <coughs> material from Eastern teachings, from esoteric type teachings. Uh, you know the whole awake to your awful situation that you have in the Book of Mormon, the uh, uh, lion couch with Abraham, the many different analogies that have been to to wake and arise have been present in literature for thousands of years. And so they took a lot of those kind of concepts and built them in. There's a later film they did that was kind of not great, Jupiter Rising. Jupiter Ascending. Ascending, thank you. But you find out that this this girl is some reincarnation of some ancient uh, person. Mother in heaven figure yeah. or something. Yeah, and then she finds out and realizes that she's more than what she thought she was. And she owns, an awakening moment. She owns the earth. Yeah. You've seen Jupiter she Ascending, right? Earth, I haven't. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Like You, you mentioned at the beginning, I, I'm a gamer. And so I've missed a lot of movies. I'll see the... In favor of the game? Yeah, well, World of Warcraft doesn't play itself. <laughs> Jordan, well, we are bad today. What, yeah. ti- what time are we at now? <laughs> oh, boy. We should just start over. Say that again. World of Warcraft doesn't play itself. <laughs> World, of Warcraft. <laughs> World of Warcraft doesn't play itself, Jordan. <laughs> very good. It's very oh, true. Boy. Very true. No, but I, I, uh, I found an incredible YouTube channel recently where these guys watch these old well not necessarily old but watch these terrible terrible movies like b movies and what's the C name of this movies. i can't remember we will link to the it channel I can't remember okay the channel name. The channel. it's, Science Theater, it's named after no it's kind of that idea but these two dudes or sometimes there's more they sit in a couch they have a camera on them and then they watch these movies now with youtube you can't show the whole movie Mm-hmm. So they have highlights. They get away with clips because the movies are so bad. Jeez. The copyright right. owners don't care. <laughs> but it's it's pretty great. And so I'll, I'll send. Okay, we'll I'll link send to that. Jordan, a link, and we will link to that. And it's it's pretty great. But there's a lot of really bad, so bad they're good movies out there. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I there, I have a long, long list of movies I'm supposed to watch. Homework that Jordan's given me. No, I look. I'm do, failing do you out get... of my own. Omniversity, yeah. Course. Do you do you get homework from the listeners? I mean, I get homework from the listeners too. I get like, hey, you should check this out. And so yeah, I, I I'm not apologizing, but I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to get to stuff, and 
I, there's a lot like to consume all the media in existence is a tall order. My little triangle of friends don't give me homework. I don't know that they're still listening. It's a tetrahedron. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I think I might have lost them with the uh, one of the voices. <clears throat> you can get them back. There's coercion. Yeah, you don't start listening again. I'm gonna break your knees if you don't be my friend. My brother works for CNN, and uh, he'll say some bad things about you on the air, <laughs> and some good things about me. Okay, well here, <laughs> you you mentioned the lion couch. <clears throat> Tell us more about that. That's in, I think that's interesting to the listeners. How does the lion couch factor into awakening? What's the what's the mystique, the myth, myth mythos about that? Well, if I'm correct, and you you can correct me wherever I'm wrong here, because we know everything, Bobby. <laughs> right. We are the authorities of the Mind Virus Show. If you say it in an authoritative voice, Truman it becomes true. That is incorrect. <laughs> so, uh, the the lion couch is symbolic of uh, of a being going through eternal progression, laying down a a, a heavenly body to progress, and then uh, awaking and arising, or Taking that up again, so or raising up or an anastasis, uh, I think is what the term. So that's what the that's the Greek word for resurrection. resurrection. Yeah. So basically, that symbolizes laying down that that heavenly body and then taking it back up again, and uh, you know, learning and progressing and going through that. So the body, know, the body on the couch, is that the earthly body or the heavenly body? My understanding is the heavenly body. The heavenly body is on the couch. So then, what? What about the, well, the it's hawk? It's, it's, oh, the, uh, oh, right. Isn't, you're isn't right. the hawk the heavenly body? Yeah, because that's the uh, that's the ka, right? Yeah. So, so okay, I got so it, I got it, I got it wrong. That's the that's the earthly body. Yeah. So people, <laughs> Mormons, Mormonism uh, should be interested in Egypt acutely on account of the Pearl of Great Price, right? Right. And you have these scenes in the Pearl of Great Price that get called the facsimiles. Right, and they they get a lot of attention because there are some footnotes, and then there's an accompanying text. And people who are detractors of Joseph Smith want to say, well, the the whole story is that he tried to tell us that the text of the Book of Abraham was an interpretation of these Egyptian facsimiles, and the facsimiles are copies or or examples of three different scenes, commonly called the Lion Couch scene the hypocephalus, mm -hmm. and the uh, coronation scene. And so right. a, lo a lot of people get upset because they want to say this isn't related to Abraham on account of the fact that we find, <laughs> we find examples of lion couch scenes all over Egypt and hypocephali all over Egypt and also coronation scenes, right? So just for right. the uninformed, that's kind of the big picture here. Now, if, you, if you've read Hugh Nibley seriously, meaning you're not just reading him to try and debunk him or whatever, his contention is that the book of Abraham is about temple ritual, because in the very first few verses, Abraham says, look, I was inducted into these temple rituals. He doesn't say it that way. He says, I, uh, I sought after great knowledge and wanted greater knowledge, and I uh, wanted the blessing to administer the same. So he's, he's, he's making an allusion to temple knowledge. He says, so Nibley's trying to explain that Abraham, the writings that accompanied that uh, that narrative would have been these facsimiles and and the scripts that accompanied the facsimiles, which are copies of the Book of the Dead and the Book of Breathings, 
which are temple rituals out of Egypt. And it's very plausible that even though the even though the hypocephalus and the lion couch scene that we have, or the or the the remnant uh, the remnant papyri that we have, because mm-hmm. a lot of it got burned up in the Chicago fire, right? The Chicago Museum fire in the early 1900s. The 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 stuff that we have, they've been able to date to around. Uh, it's it's only a few a few centuries before Christ. It's or what? what is it, five or 600 years before yeah, Christ or something, something like that? that? I can't yeah. remember. So it's not from the age of Abraham, but if you recognize how these temple ceremonies work, and we have this phenomenon in Mormonism, all the temples follow the same script. Right. So if you have copies of Abraham's original material in the form of the Book of the Dead and the Book of Breathings that, that would have been originated, say, in 2400 BC by Abraham-ish, you know, then you have an authentic ceremonial that came from Abraham. It's just been handed down over generation, from generation to generation. And that's essentially the essence of, of Hugh Nibley's monumental work, the uh, Joseph Smith papyri, an Egyptian endowment. He's trying to point out, look, we're not, we're not thinking esoterically. We're thinking linearly. We're not caring mm-hmm. about the occult. We're caring about what we think in our modern society, which is, as Bobby and Truman have pointed out, play video games, <laughs> drink sugar-free Mountain Dew, when the and catch a speaks, cold. The thinking's done. The thinking right. is done. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You said it. Take your I meds. Didn't say it. That's <laughs> you a just quote. Said it. That's a direct quote. <laughs> and, and take your meds. Well, there's certain things we can't quote anymore, <laughs> like Ezra Taft Benson, apparently. Right. <clears throat> Well, there are certainly a lot of distractions that dull our minds. Video games among them. As fun as they are, even movies. Well, I under, I, I, I've been telling people lately, I understand why people drink. You know, I, being raised LDS, mm-hmm. I was taught not to drink alcohol. But the way this world seems to be hurtling straight to hell, <laughs> it's right. like it's you dis- want to deaden, you, you've got to watch right. a movie or something. You've got to escape somehow, right? Well, we all have our different opiates. And yeah. in some cases, especially here in the Wasatch Front, it's literally opiates. Yes. Right. You, know, you don't hear much about our opiate crisis here at the Wasatch Front anymore. All you hear from those, those people are get tested and get vaccinated because yeah. it's the same right. people, right? And they used to have billboards that say, you know, what did they had a cute cutesy little name for it? The opoidemic. Yeah, the opoidemic. But there's yeah that now they got, have a real that epidemic. got displaced with <laughs> another <laughs> quote unquote real epidemic where they can push these vaccines. And... Well, I it, it, there used to be kind of a funny saying going around. You know, this isn't relative to opiates, but you know, more psychotropic drugs uh, in the more Mormon circles, and it was this. Uh, What was it? Um, <clears throat> I got to get it right. Was it? Uh, th- I'm going to get in trouble for this one, but was it? It wasn't uh, the when the alcohol arrives at the party. The Mormons put their the Mormon girls put their clothes back on and leave. Right? <laughs> no, that's a good that <laughs> one. I haven't heard. Yeah, it heard was it was this one. Oh, it was something boy. like this. It went like uh, Relief Society made us sisters, but Ritalin made us friends, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Oh, is it Ritalin? What's the one that calms the nerves? And Prozac? Prozac made us friends? Yeah, it might have been Prozac made <laughs> yeah, us friends. Prozac. 
Yeah. We certainly have our challenges here in the Wasatch, just yeah. like everybody. Prozac made us friends. <laughs> That's that was that was what it was. I totally butchered it. Bobby's was more uh, titillating. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that years and years years ago. ago. Years ago. Well, okay. So this, I, I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try to segue us here into uh, current events because. Truman likes to talk about the esoteric. We've been kind of talking in generalities here. We saw, both you and I, and we'll have to put a link up on the podcast page, to a Catherine Austin Fitz interview. Now, she's moved out to the Netherlands, apparently. In this interview, I learned that she got caught over there in the Netherlands due to COVID, and so she just decided to stay because she was spending about half her time there due to the fact that... uh, her business partner lives out there. And this is a PhD, I believe, that she works with to do a lot of the financial analysis. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. COVID. <clears throat> is this the interview, conversation with Wim Hof? Is that the one you're No, okay. not, not Wim Hof. Um, true something. True show or true... T- Truman show. Truman show. <laughs> I'll text it over to you here. Okay. The, uh, yeah. the thing that Still was interesting YouTube. is that she... Asks two. I'm the slurry report. Okay, she asks two really important questions, and they are um, like sincere questions because she goes through like her history. Mm-hmm. She gives a lot of background. They talk. They talk about it's. It's. She has to cover some of the same ground with these people that don't know her as well, right? Over in the Netherlands, and, and what I find is she's getting more and more open about her background, right? Like. A, a little bit more detail mm-hmm. will come out about her experience. And her experience is so interesting because she is pedigreed, right? She's uh, comes from Wall Street, comes from some of these wealthy wealthy backgrounds, very successful, worked at Dylan Reed & Co. And Dylan Reed & Co. was like the Goldman Sachs of the 50s and 60s and 70s, meaning they were the revolving door for the Secretary of War at the time, Secretary of Treasury. something really quick, because you said Goldman Sachs. We talked about our governor. Well, Evan McMullen is running for Senate here in Utah, Ugh. and we need to get the word out that he is a wolf in wolf's clothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at his credentials. He's CIA, Goldman Sachs, mm-hmm. uh, UN. He's worked for the UN. Like he is, and, and, and he's out there saying things like, Mike Lee represents the right wing, and it's just like, no. You're so fake. You're so <laughs> fake. You were so fake in 2016. You came out of nowhere. It's so obviously that you were trying to that you were put up out there by the intelligence community to be a spoiler, yeah, and to try to throw he, the election to Clinton. He like, joined the Never Trumper thing too, right? Oh, he's heavily into that, and he gets a lot of funding. He gets a lot of funding from the guy who funds, uh, who founded eBay. He has a whole deal. But you saying Goldman Sachs reminded me that he's out there trying to pretend he's an authentic Utah. Well, and that was the thing back in 2008, Hank Paulson I think came from Goldman Sachs and then went back to Goldman Sachs oh, it's or re- something like that. The it's- whole you have Scott Gottlieb who is a who ran the FDA for a minute and now he's on the Pfizer board. You know. Right. Yeah. It's like by the way, uh CNN chose C- uh, Pfizer's CEO as like business of the year brought to you by Pfizer. It's a, it's unbelievable. These revolving doors. You want to go down a rabbit hole. Of, if you're still red pill hesitant, go down the rabbit hole of the revolving doors between big companies and government. It's 
it is a revolving door. So Robert, anyway. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. just came out with a book called The Real Anthony Fauci. Yeah, I heard oh, I've got to buy that just to, just to promote it. I started it. Oh, you uh, bought it? I, yeah, I'm through part of the first chapter, but I've listened to a couple of interviews he's done where he talks about that regulatory capture that you're that you're talking about, Bobby. And um, it's it's disgusting. Basically, they own any type of you know F- FTC, FCC, NIH, CDC, any type of acronym you can think of. Right. Bestseller, the real you know, Anthony Fauci. It's just all regulatory capture at this point. It really is. Okay, sorry. Well, no, keep going. I think that's important. I think we should all buy that book just to make it get uh, more exposure on Amazon before they right. pull it. You know, it's like the the number one seller, and it's uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. This is like real people, real yes. credible people. The guy who doesn't have to damage his reputation. He doesn't need the money, right? Yep. And he's out there fighting for children's health defense. Yes. Like. This this is should be one of those does not compute. The the building is standing behind the reporter. This is one of those red pill moments for some people. Some people who are dyed in the wool Republicans hate the Kennedys and they'll never care about the fact that you've got a, a pretty important person here. Well that's the whole point of the red pill. You see the truth no matter what. You see the evil no matter where it comes from. Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. And that's what makes right. the whole Matrix this- movie there's discussion this, so there's stupid this account on twitter called defiant l's and it, it i'm not going to give you the whole background but what this guy does is he l's is an internet slang for losses for you know oh, to okay. take the l and move on yeah like take your lumps kind of a thing what he does is he posts tweets from usually left-wing or news type people and then he'll post a second tweet from the same person contradicting it or getting owned or whatever but there's this huge movement right now with all of these people sanctimoniously saying things like, I can't believe people would tell the president of the United States to F off. It's, <laughs> it's just so bad. And then those same people three years ago were saying F Trump, right? And so oh, he'll yeah. post the two side by side. But the funny thing is now... Hypocrisy. This clearly not vulgar phrase, let's go Brandon is now vulgar. It's a slang. Mm-hmm. It's a slur. And Anyway. Uh, well, that's what they're trying to brand that's, it. That, that's the whole point, though. It's like the, it's people are saying, well, because I don't like the guy or I like the guy in office now, so saying F him is terrible and it's anti-democratic. But if I don't like the guy, I can say it and it's free speech. Right. There's, a, there's a virus in the person's brain that thinks like that. Mm-hmm. Just, w- just be consistent and see the truth for what it is. That's being red pilled. It has nothing to do with right or left, which you already pointed out earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm just stealing yeah, the and point. S- and st- <laughs> Steve Watson, I think, at Summit News was the guy that made the the commentary on uh, the woke Matrix scriptwriters complaining about the phrase "quote red pilled" being kidnapped by, <coughs> by the right kidnapped by by the right wing. And that's, the, I mean, yeah, kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that was their quote it was kidnapped by the right, right. wing and so i was I, I had a friend who watched the matrix because it's on hbo max right the new one. okay yeah the new one what's it called matrix resurrection yeah and they're still in the word resurrection from us yeah right okay kidnapping the word resurrection yeah so and if i if i understand it right neo and trinity go back in the matrix yes 
So that's not resurrection. Anastasis technically means to be lifted up. Resurgere in Latin means to be re-stood up. Surgere, right. to be stood up. So, so if you think about it, and this is, I don't know if I've been through this on the show. Now I'm really going to go tangential. We have problems with the plan of salvation drawing in Mormonism. Did we t- have we talked about this? You, you have at least 16 times. 16 times. It's, but it's good. It's worth, it's worth it's, reiterating. Okay, left to right. That's the problem. It's laid out left to right. It should be laid out up and down. You came from the presence of God, which is up, and you came to the lowest spot, which is down. And if you really carefully read Alma's words to Corianton, outer darkness is not the state of existence of the bad guys in the future. It's where they are now, and it's where it's essentially spirit prison. It's where you go if you are in opposition to God after you shed the mortal body. But the world we're in, and I've said this on the podcast before, the world we're in is considered the death, death world. It's down below where the living are want to assemble, to use a phrase from DNC 128, the letter to W.W. Phelps from Joseph Smith. The baptismal font in the temple is at the basement level because it's underneath the other levels. It's got to be in the basement. It's down here where we are, in the basement. Mm-hmm. So we have this problem with the plan of salvation drawing. This is a studio. I'm talking about like us, meta, like in the, in the physical world, we're in the basement. I know we're in the basement now, Bobby. No, no, but it's, it's a studio. We don't call it the basement. That's why I was trying to say. I was using it figurative language here. I just wanted to <laughs> okay. derail you with some absurdity. Okay. That's all. Okay. I'm a little offended that you, you wouldn't think of my basement as a studio. I always think of it as more of a bunker, more like a, a bomb shelter. Okay, behind that door. Okay. <laughs> the uh, okay, that's good. We can work on this. Uh, we should probably put up like sound deadening material on the walls if you want me to call it a studio. We could do that if we had sound listeners that supported us with money. What what I would prefer is if the <laughs> listeners would go get more listeners. Yeah, and that, money that would make me happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so my PayPal is. I'm, I'm just. Yeah. I'm just distracting Jordan. Well, he was on a good roll and the, I, 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 I no, derailed him. It's all good. It's all good. The, the plan of salvation drawing, we need to think of more as up and down and not a left to right thing because the left to right problem, it introduces the problem of time. You think that you were before over here on the left, but no, you came from the top or you came from somewhere in the presence of God. And so thank you for helping me unwind the tangent here, Bobby. The issue is the word anastasis. They're, sti- they're taking it and they're saying, okay, no. And this is the problem with reincarnation is like, you, you think that you're going to get resurrected back into this? Mm-hmm. No. No, 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 no. You're going to get resurrected or moved into, or anastasied, lifted up. The point is to be lifted up to the, the world where we're not controlled by Christoph in the Truman Show. Or the... Machines or the AI machines in the, in the matrix. matrix, yeah. You want to get out from under the thumb of the evil people, and and sh- do that by showing your loyalty to Christ, and then you end up in the real world, which is the one where the war has been or the rebellion has been put down. Well, okay. So getting back to the Truman Show, I found the link to the Catherine Austin Fitz video interview, and it's by a guy named John uh, Luca. Or Jorn, Jorn Luca, I guess, because he's from the Netherlands, I guess is how we would say that. 
and uh, it it's called the Truman Show. He calls it the, the Truman, Truman Show, Show, and it's episode number fifty-one, and it's T R U E M A N. So he's got a little play on words there. Yeah, yeah. Here, See, uh, a younger dude. Let me uh, let me just read from one twenty-eight. Getting back to I'm okay. Now, let's uh, read. Let's re-enter the tangent. Well, no, because you make it, you make a good point, and you mentioned it, so I looked it up. So. 128 DNC 12813. Consequently, I got Bobby thinking here. He, the, tr- he derailed me and I derailed him. The baptismal font was instituted as a similitude that's one of my favorite words of the grave and was commanded to be in a place underneath where the living are wont to assemble to show forth the living and the dead, and that all things may have their likeness and that they may accord one with another. That which is earthly conforming to that which is heavenly, as Paul hath declared, 1 Corinthians 15.46. Okay. Do you want me to comment on that, or yeah, did, you, yeah, want, yeah, did yeah, you want to comment on that? No, go, go ahead. Okay, well, this is really important, because you're living in the realm of the grave. Mm-hmm. That's why we do the baptism, is to show you coming out of this world, like on the lion couch, getting, 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 getting raised up in, into the heavenly world, right? Um. Joseph references Paul in Corinthians chapter 15. And in Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians, right? He talks about the bodies, celestial and terrestrial. And we, if you've been on a mission, we always would pull that out and show uh, any other Christians like, see, Paul, Paul knew about celestial, terrestrial, and celestial. And that's why my plan of salvation drawing, that's why my plan of salvation drawing is so perfect. <laughs> How be it that was why not are first, there so many, which is spiritual, about rainbows <laughs> and what's on the other side. I only know of one song about rainbows and what's <laughs> on the other side, and it's that it's one. that one, yeah. Right. How be it, this is 1 Corinthians 15, 46 through 48, which Joseph references. How be it. <laughs> That was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. This matches with, uh, and there was another passage there in, in 1 Corinthians 15 that I'm going to get to about the flesh bodies and the bodies terrestrial and celestial because see he never says telestial he mm. says flesh right that's your key he never says telestial he says flesh and the what are what are you where world in what which are we you now dwell what are you oh that's interesting mm-hmm. i'd never thought of that yeah uh, that's in the temple ceremony oh it, i weird <laughs> uh <laughs> so but the body you're wearing right now is that flesh body right uh what what he just pointed out though now oh, i've lost my train of thought he was talking about um the first man being earthy, earthy and the second man being heavenly right he's making an allusion there to uh christ and adam mm-hmm. adam comes down and becomes earthy, earthy and uh, christ goes to heaven read that again okay well, I have, I'm, I'm lost in my train of thought all right let me uh Bring it up here. 1 Corinthians 15, 46 through 48. And it is sort of, um, you got to pay attention because there's a lot of earthies. and. Earth. Yeah, it's, this language is, is, uh, has just discombobulated my mind. How be it, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. 
The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. That, Hang that's in there. not in there. Hang in there, Bobby. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Okay, so now I've tried to translate some Paul from the Greek. He's, he's a little bit more complicated than, say, Matthew or John, John's language. The, the, it's, it's a little more highfalutin Greek that, that Paul uses in his epistles. And therefore, in the King Jamesian language, it comes through a little bit odd, right? And, but uh, there's a lot of issues in translation, by the way, that uh, we could take just the straight Greek texts and make it match more of a Joseph Smith paradigm if we wanted to. What I was going to do, and I'm glad you read that again, because I wanted to relate this to Doctrine and Covenants section 76, which talks about the degrees of glory. And I hope that if you're listening... Have we talk- I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before. In DNC 76, there are, th- there are these descriptions of the people that are living in or inhabiting the degrees of glory, the telestial, the terrestrial, and the celestial. And they're described using three different tenses. And if you don't understand that the tenses are specific, they, they are people who did receive the testimony of Jesus, who are... Um, pure, and then who will inherit all things, right? That's the description of the celestial. They, they have done things, they are doing things, and they will do things, or they will receive things. And then it does the same thing about the, the terrestrial. It used past, present, and future to describe those people, and then it describes the people in the telestial, and it says they didn't receive the testimony of Jesus, and they are the liars, the whoremongers, those who love and make a lie. It's funny, it talks about liars twice, and loving lies twice, and then being adulterers and whoremongers and stuff. And then it says they won't be raised up. And, and so we have, a, we have a problem here because it's not, we all think, and we teach this in the correlated um, lessons, that this is a future event. And that's why the, the whole plan of salvation drawing is so misleading is because it's it, it makes you think you're in this particular state and that, that in the future at some point, rather than right now as you struggle in your life in the death world, <laughs> the telestial world, the realm of the grave, as you struggle to become cleansed and baptized and raised up, some, you know, Adam, awake and arise. That's what you were talking about with the lion couch scene. Everybody has to have that awakening, that red pill moment where they then recognize that they're in the lone and dreary world, or the or the ter- telestial world, the world. The hell. World. How how, how did you quote it from the the ceremony? I didn't quote anything. Okay. But I said the world in which we now dwell. <laughs> yeah, the world in which we now dwell. Okay, so that that's what uh, that passage in Paul is is literally kind of pointing out is that the he says they are earthly or they are heavenly. Right, he doesn't. He doesn't make some sort of commentary on a future state. He's he's saying you have the the heavenly man and the earthly man, and King Benjamin said it. He said, "The natural man is an enemy to God and has been since the fall of Adam and will be unless or until he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and puts off the natural man and becomes a saint." Okay, these are, this is just a different way of looking at it than we have normally looked at it in correlated settings in, in gospel doctrine. And so I think it's an important discussion because 
<laughs> it relates totally to Truman and it relates totally to the Matrix. It relates entirely to this red pill moment and it's about an actual reality and it's hard because we only have little glimpses right like it's that we're captured by the world that has been pulled over our eyes and it's easy to get depressed it's easy to want to drink and to drown your sorrows in a in a world of warcraft campaign and uh <laughs> quest quest okay whatever it is i don't have the language right <laughs> are you a world of warcraft guy truman uh i have been on occasion yes Tell, okay you guys gotta figure anymore, out if you by have the way. i'm not anymore okay you guys might have battled each other at some point i i never wouldn't this be funny no? Wouldn't this be funny if you guys had killed each other in the virtual world at some point or had so, gilded up? There's a player Are you guys a player, and I never did a whole lot of that. Mostly I was just in the taverns telling stories to people who would listen. Just role play. I doubt that. <laughs> I, I was just slaying dragons. That's what I was doing. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that'd be funny if you guys had run into each other in the virtual world and never known it. It's possible. possible. Unlikely because... There are gazillions of it's people the in hit there. On, it's the online hit MMORPG that everybody's playing. Go out and buy it. <laughs> Speaking of South Park. Okay. Right. There's a World of Warcraft South Park episode, and they say something like that. Okay. Well, okay, so getting back to the Truman Show number 51 with Catherine Austin Fitz, this guy, <gasps> this, this younger guy who's, you know, English is not his, you got to admire these guys from the Netherlands because they speak really good English, and they, they're asking fits these great questions whereas these trumpers over in in america this is my big complaint and i've i've expressed it on the podcast before they don't ask her yeah, good ask questions. questions they 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 ask these leading trumpist questions yep. and these these guys over there are getting it they're like okay this isn't about trump this is about the red Real pill reality. this is about the actual reality and so some really good stuff has come out as they let her tell her story and as she tries to explain it on account of the fact that the English is not their first language, they have a little bit of a com communication problem, and so she takes extra effort to give you better, you better detail about what she sees as the actual reality, and she boils it all down to finance. Mm -hmm. She sees these people that are trying to control the world in a financial way, which the, uh, mon the money, the money system is the way that we are controlled at, at the very most basic level. It's the instrument by which we are enslaved, the currency is. And they control it, and since they control the transactions, they get you, they get you into an energetic loop or an energetic transference where you're giving them your energy because all of the focus is on the currency, mm -hmm. you know? And we have to admit, I think all... I think most of the listeners out there, I, when you stereotype and when you, when you categorize everything broadly, you always make, you, you can't be absolute because you're always going to find some exception, right? But most people care a lot about money. <laughs> it seems to be the thing we focus most of our energy on. If you're, if you're working, you're spending, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours a day on that. And if you're a, a say you're a mom at home and you're taking care of the household and that's your, your role. I know we have some moms that are listening. Uh, they're a partner in that endeavor. They're spending money. They're focusing on the, using it to enrich their family or to take care of the household. And they're, they're acutely aware of it because if it's anything like my household, you commonly have discussions about where that money went <laughs> And that can be a source of great contention. In fact, my understanding is that's the number one cause of divorce, is it not? Issues over money? Yep. Truman uh, 
has a lot of knowledge about that. Unfortunately. Unfortunately about that subject. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, well, anyway, in the, in the, in the Fitz interview here, she poses questions that relate to our actual reality, to being red pilled and understanding, um, the nature of the control mechanisms. And she, she asks this question. She's, she's named the bad guys, Mr. Global. And you pointed out that sounds like a comic book. Have you noticed that in a lot of these comic book stories, whether it's Marvel or DC, the villains are often scientists. (laughs) I'm something of a scientist myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're they're uh, these expert controllers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, scientists in the real world are very ethical. (laughs) And they're never captured by regulatory agencies and money. There are a lot of very ethical scientists out there, and you are now seeing them disappeared from the public square. Uh, she, She poses the question, who is Mr. Global and what is he afraid of? Those she, those are sincere. Those are sincere questions, and I'm, I'm glad we're getting around to that in an esoteric setting, because Mister Global works for the machines in the Matrix, or he works for Kristoff, right? He's not. That's what I. That's my contention. You guys comment on that, because she, she's, she's posing an honest question here, and as I heard her talk about this in that interview, which we'll link to. I wanted to write her a letter because I have an opinion on the subject. No, like, who is Mister Global? <laughs> and my my, um, you want me to just say it, or do you guys want to chime in right now? Say it. My answer to that was going to be: I don't know exactly who he is, or because it's a they, right? She's thinking it's a group like Spectre and James Bond, sure. right? Basically, I was going to say, but you can find this group by finding out who Kevin Feige at Marvel Studios works for. Okay. My reason behind that is that the, I think I've mentioned it before, the Marvel Universe, and I'm not a huge comic book fan guy, but what, but the Marvel Cinematic Universe, meaning the 20 some odd movies they've produced, starting with Iron Man. More like 50 movies now? It's getting there. But if you get up to Endgame, I think Endgame was number 23 or 24, mm-hmm. 23. They all are telling an an inverted narrative of the actual reality, making the bad guy, Thanos, out. Uh, well, they make him out as bad, but they're they're attributing to him all the attributes, the form and the functionality of the gods of light. They call him Thanos because Thanatos in Greek Greek means death, and he's um, clearly evil, right? He's trying to kill everybody, or ha- he's trying to kill half of the cosmos. But, but on the other hand, he's the guy who gets all the six infinity stones. He's the one that's progressing through the levels of the heavens mm-hmm. and gets to the point where he sits down in a paradise that they call the garden. They call the planet the garden. He and Yeah, he rests and he smiles and he looks out over his creation. So he's clearly functionally representing Jesus here. And they go to great lengths in the Infinity War movie to have this, this scene where Captain Rhodey is talking. Captain Rhodes, Rhodey, uh, aka Iron Patriot, right? Uh, it's War Machine. War Machine. In the comics. Okay, but it, is he not Iron Patriot in the movies, or is yeah, that a different I don't think guy? They ever call him out as War Machine in the movies, but he's War Machine in the comics. Okay, 
War Machine is too violent. Where does right. Iron Patriot? Where does Iron Patriot come from? I don't know. I'm just making that up. I'm know. not sure. Of. Are you talking about the guy played by um, in the movies by? Uh, I don't know his name. It's a black guy. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, Rhodey. That's Iron. Pa- that's War Machine in the comics. Yeah, but do they call it Iron Patriot in the? Or is that just one of the 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 names that he wants to call it and uh, Iron Man? I'm forgetting his his movie name. Um, you got Robert Downey Jr., who's the actor, and then he plays Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark. I forgot the name. Tony Stark. Yep. He is Iron Man, and yes. and there's a point where they're trying to name it and. They're arguing over what they're going to call the suit, right. I yeah. guess. Maybe he wants to call it Iron Patriot. Or war, he wants to call it War Machine, and then they settle yeah, on something. something like that. They didn't. Yeah. But in the comics, it's War Machine. Okay, sorry. I, I'm digressing. There's a scene in Infinity War. No, it's in, in Endgame, the last, the last big Avengers movie, where they're trying to figure out where Thanos went, and Nebula, his daughter, informs him that they went to a planet that they call the Garden. And she mm-hmm. says things like this. She says, my father would always talk about where we would go when his great plan was completed. Even when he was, even when I was disassembled, I wanted to please him. And I would ask, Father, where will we go when your plan is completed? And he said, to the garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrence Howard and then Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, yeah, okay. P- play War Machine. Yeah, okay, so I, I remember his name, yeah. Okay. <coughs> So the point is that they've, they've inverted the story. They've made the bad guys the good guys. and um, Which is what's happened in the real world. Right. But, but, but I'm telling you, Bobby, I've spent a lot of time studying I, the, I these, fringe, these seen, fringe Mormon topics. Some, some of the fruits of your labors. <laughs> okay. the, uh, I, I've, uh, I've definitely d- done a deep dive on this esoteric material as relates to, say, the Joseph Smith papyri, as relates to the... Uh, the the narrative that the ancient priests were trying to teach, and I know you guys have have too, but I'm telling you that in the Avengers series of movies, they so plainly understood it that it's like it it had to have been written by the high priests of the other side, and that's why I think that if they want, if Catherine Austin Fitz wants to find who Mister Global really is. She's going to need to talk to Kevin Feige and look up line and see who is who he's been working from for and learning from relative to the narrative because the narrative rules. It's always the narrative that rules. You have to indoctrinate the mind first, right? You have to give seed people's minds, and that's mm-hmm. been the whole emphasis of our podcast is that the control starts in the mind, right? You seed their minds with a false narrative and then you can control them. If you control, as it says in 1984, if you can control the past, you control the present and then you control the future, right? So that's what, that's who I think Mr. Global is. It's whoever is, is directly influencing, whoever's directly influencing that storyline. What do you guys think? What's, who do you think Mr. Global is? No, I, I definitely agree. Just, the the coordination, the message that they've given over the years, just everything that they've done, and especially that narrative they they painted with the Marvel movies, absolutely. See, it's coming at it sideways because yeah. 
you know, you would think, oh, Mr. Global is somehow the international bankers. Well, let's go. Let's go look at who's 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 boss here. You've got Jamie Dimon at J.P. Morgan. You've got Hank Paulson or Janet Yellen or uh, Lagarde or the IMF or somebody up there. You, you'd think you'd be able to find them that way, right? Right. Well, I mean, and then you go look at like BlackRock and you look at Vanguard and who owns them, and you know, you start going up the chain. There's private individuals who own those groups. So. Right. So my question is, that's that's great, but who owns Disney? That's that's right. where you really want to be looking. Right. Yeah. The bankers. You can always say the bankers, but who are behind? The, who's behind the bankers? Like, yeah. who, who's the person behind the curtain that doesn't want Mickey to Mouse? Mickey yeah, Mouse. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. It was close. <laughs> yeah, Disney is a is a behemoth. They own a everything. Lot of stuff. All kinds of media. I'm just looking at this list of billionaires whose wealth went I, uh, went up. I don't think it's pandemic. on that list. I, I think that I think that these are all people we've all heard of. Yeah. Elon Musk. I think Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and e- even Bill Gates are are low level. Elon Musk's net worth increased by more than six hundred percent between March 2020 and August 2021. Wow, six hundred percent, which it was already high. Twenty-four billion to one hundred and seventy-five billion. Now, one of these names really confuses me. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Remember, he famously gave away all his money, and yeah, he runs sure. a foundation. He's a philanthropist, and yet his net worth went up thirty-three billion dollars. This is me. See, can you hear that? I'm scratching my head. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I thought you just had an itch. <laughs> Something fishy. Well, see. Well, he we, did make a lot of investments in vaccines. If, Unquote, yeah, strangely vaccines. paid off. Yeah, weird, weird. But yeah, well, we we talked right, about though. this. These we, guys, I think these guys are frontmen. They're they're the. We went through the whole history of the robber barons and stuff in the very first episode, and then in episode number eight, we we talked a lot about the history of the secret combination, and it's vague. I think these guys are like foot soldiers or stormtroopers. They're out there with these these products. For the most part, they're all tracking products. We track our movements. We got Amazon, which follows us around the internet. Yeah. Tesla. A smart car that which follows us around the real world. So SpaceX yeah. though on there too. We should yeah. talk about that after you're done with the Mi- Microsoft, Facebook, Google, Oracle, uh, Walmart sells us cheap crap from China. Like, yeah. These are all very the usual suspects here. Nike, Bloomberg, Amazon. It's amazing how many of those deal in Slave labor. Well, that and also Speaking just like Nike. S- a soft product. Like what's what's the, what's Facebook's product? You are. Yeah. What's Google's product? You yeah, are. Yeah. Microsoft at least has an operating system which is free. That they by track. the way, it is free now, isn't it? Yeah, it's been free for a long time. Okay, let's talk about SpaceX because I don't know much about. SpaceX. Well, the next question. So the next question yeah, that she poses. Uh, Catherine Austin Fitz. Yeah, getting back to Catherine Austin Fitz and the esoteric here. Because she asked the question, she says, I want to know who is Mr. Global, and number two, what is he afraid of? Because she thinks that all of this financial wrangling and all the stuff that's going on right now is the evidence of a scared oligarchy. They mm-hmm. see us as a threat, and so they're, they're tightening the noose, tightening the, the, their control because they feel threatened. And so she says, what are they afraid of? Our world could be so much better. She says, it's expensive. It's in inefficient Tyranny is expensive. and it, and it and it doesn't promote genuine advancement to close down uh economic freedom and 
you know, if, if we really wanted to have prosperity. Utopity, pro, utopia, prosperity, if we wanted to have a genuine technological advancement, we would have let everything go in a free market so that we could, the best and the brightest could rise to the top. And she says, they are afraid of something. What are they afraid of? I was thinking about this the other day. Like if, if we really wanted to, we could, there would be no place in the, in the world where there was bad water and rampant disease and poverty the way that we, that there is. What are they afraid of? Us? Yeah, that's probably part of it. But I mean, the people not being... Lose, are they afraid of losing, losing control? Losing control of us? They're ultra rich. I mean, you almost... It's, it'd be hard. Truman's about to jump out of his seat, I think. He's got something to say. Okay. No, they are afraid of us, but I think it goes beyond that. Like, I think based upon some of the things she also says in this interview that they... And this is where I talk about SpaceX coming into play, is they're heavily investing in space. They're taking trillions and trillions of dollars and pushing it into space and transhumanism. So they're pushing and it. And she talks that she talks about that in the interview. Yes, she She's does. like she says, Why are they doing this? Why would they want to get off planet? Right. Right. So clearly they're trying to get off planet. Well, why would I want to get off planet? I say let them go. <laughs> let them go. I, I hope they would. <laughs> I hope they would. But they're trying to get off planet. In my mind, it makes sense to me to escape the ones who are coming. The ones who are will cleanse the earth. The burning that's going to occur. Yeah, that's what would make U- sense. Using to me. using the language from Malachi, the day is coming that shall burn us an oven. Those that are coming will burn us up and leave us neither root nor branch. Right. So if they can do transhumanism and get off planet, then they can live forever in their sins and they won't die. Which is there, what you they want. you you said the keywords there. Live forever in their sins. Or that's lives, what they're live forever for sure. They want to pursue like an immortal. I think a lot of these people, including these, some of these names we named, these billionaires, I think they honestly, sincerely believe that they're God. Well, I, I wonder if they know more. I be- mean, a- Elon Musk is definitely an alien. And, and Mark, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is definitely an android. Okay, that's true. <laughs> and Bill Gates is clearly a devil. <laughs> okay. That's true. The, oh, that's so good. Um but look at look at it this way, right? They're, they they uh, bringing you back to the Marvel material. Somebody knows more about the esoteric reality, and and when I say the esoteric reality, the idea is, and this is clearly stated in the Book of Mormon, this world is cut off. This is the death world. In the Marvel movies, they try to attribute to Thanos all the death, and then in the in the Infinity or in the Endgame movie, they attribute loss of memory to him. You snapped your fingers. Like that. Like oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was brain dead, dead of me. Yeah, he, he snaps his fingers with the gauntlet on and then everything happens. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to break in with, with a uh, eureka moment. No, I was just snapping my fingers like yeah. Thanos. Okay. <laughs> That's all. Well, the, the point is that I think they understand that this world is cut off. If you read the Book of Mormon, the... The Nephite priests use the term cut off like 60 times. Do a, do a text search on it. They, they're trying to tell the people, no, you're cut off. And the day will come that you'll have to stand before God. Everyone will be anastasied, lifted up, stood before God. And then the righteous will be lifted further up and the wicked will be burnt, you know, lake of fire and brimstone, destroyed, second death. 
right? So there's this this problem that we have that they are coming, and so the controllers. the controllers, the oligarchy wants it's to they they want to live forever in their sins, and so they they are trying to escape the inevitable quote burning of the earth. And I I think I think you're right on that. I think that there's this this uh, understanding that there's because I think they are very spiritual. We've talked about that. I think that they have a, a very esoteric belief system and that they engage in occult rituals and that they're engaging with demons. Bohemian Grove. Yeah. Other other people have said they think they're aliens, right? They, they think they're aliens or interdimensional beings. And I would say these are the demons. These are the fallen angels and the demiurge who are controlling this world. And they're working with them to try and avoid the ultimate judgment that's what they're afraid of Catherine. <laughs> where would they go if they got off planet well that's the thing and i don't planet, know if and, you and can earth right. was burned let's 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 play this out a little bit so the, the the earth burns like an oven but larry page and jeff bezos and other people yeah. we don't know can, can you okay we, off planet in a spaceship here's one Do they live forever on the spaceship like well, no, because the mortal bo- the mortal body decays. That's why the movies Transcendence and Selfless are so important. Is because mm-hmm. they they get them you thinking about how you're going to take your consciousness and continue it in this dimension. Something else Elon Musk has put a lot. Musk has put a yeah, lot of money. Ne- is into. that called Neuralink? Is Neuralink. that what that is? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the idea is they're trying they're trying to get to a point where the, they can tr- can transcend the mortal body because the mortal body is finite. So you have in in the movie Transcendence, Johnny Depp goes into the machine. Mm-hmm. And in the movie Selfless, Ben Kingsley moves his consciousness into uh, Ryan Reynolds' character and takes, takes on a younger body, which yeah. we've heard that terminology, you know, possess the bodies that God created for Adam and Eve. We've heard that in a mm-hmm. sacred setting, you know. So that's a, that's a real thing. And we never really talk about it in, in, you know, you don't, this isn't something you were discussing at Thanksgiving, were you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We did. Or, we, or, or, or on Sundays in Gospel Doctrine. We, we totally talk about this stuff at Thanksgiving. You, you come from a, a gamer family, though, don't you? <laughs> we, did, we did not talk about this at Thanksgiving. So in the series Altered Carbon, which was a Netflix series, yeah. you downloaded your consciousness into what they call a stack. Mm-hmm. And the stack sits at the back of your neck, and you move that stack from body to body mm-hmm. and kind of like the selfless um, mm-hmm. scenario you played out. And then they, they can beam your stack across the stars to other mm. solar systems and other galaxies. And I'm, look, this is something that's out there, right? People yeah. have been thinking about how do we, how do we transcend the mortal for a long time? And, and so do you think that the altered carbon guys had the whole cosmology set up to a point where you would say, hey, they really know something? Or do you think they're working off, an, off of an echo? Like a... I think they're working off an echo. Uh, it's not like a Philip K. Dick type person that wrote this. What, but I think it, 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 it plays into the, the transhumanism, the living forever, the being able to mm-hmm. not die. You, you more or less, in the book, there's an elite group of individuals who can pay to have clones made of their bodies. Mm-hmm. And so their stack is their essence or their or you know their spirit or whatever you you know they want to call it and then they just put it into new bodies and they also back up their stack into mm-hmm. multiple fail points. 
So Would you like you, to restore this iPhone from a backup? Yeah, <laughs> basically. And if you kill that person and even blow out their stack, what they call blowing out their stack, they have a backup that was taken 24 hours before. Oh, so okay. they've just forgotten the past 24 hours. And so the the series, there's a detective. He tries to figure out a crime. Well, the, the individual, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a reason he died 24 hours before yeah. and he was paying this. This sounds like the it. movie, the sixth day with Arnold Schwarzenegger, doesn't it? A about the bit, clones. Yeah. 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 Orson Scott card tackles this in a different way in Ender's game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, more so in the sequels to Ender's game in speaker for the dead. Mm-hmm. And I've never read that. It's it. much more philosophical than Ender's game. So Ender's mm-hmm. Game is sort of spacey and shoot 'em up and fights and stuff and kids beating the crap out of kids and <laughs> <coughs> Speaker for the Dead, Ender's an adult and he's kind of dealing with the fallout and the ethics of what he did. But he stays basically the same age because he's traveling through space, you know, light light speed, and so he doesn't age. Hmm. So that could be another way. Now, you'd need planets to go to and things, but mm-hmm. he spends his adult life traveling through space, and so he ages very slowly because, you know, you travel by light speed on Earth or whatever. 20 years passes, but for him, it's five days or whatever. That's another way these guys could maybe be... Maybe that's why they're putting so much money into space travel, too. So right. the the uh, Matrix analogy is really important here because the the cosmology that I've tried to outline demonstrates that by being cut off here, we're cut off from the light and the life force of the living gods. And so those gods down here, the fallen gods, they need a life source. And what is that life source? It's us, right? And so you see that show up in in the matrix where the, the humans are the batteries. And in Jupiter ascending... It's interesting because they're harvesting worlds. They're going to harvest the earth at some point. And then the, the, is it the Abrasics family? Yeah. They make a substance out of all the people. It's kind of liquid and you, you the, take it or bathe in it. Yeah, you bathe in it or take it and it, renews, it rejuvenates your body. So they live for thousands of years that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there are a lot of there are a lot of other symbols in that movie. It's a terrible. Of course, movie. there's real, real, real yeah. world theories about these elites, so-called elites, using body parts to rejuvenate themselves. Oh yeah, like the organ harvesting in China and stuff like that. Oh, or, yeah, and the the uh, field tissue. Yeah, yeah, and well, we don't. That's you know, the thing it, is we it, don't it know. It gets characterized as sort of you know drinking baby blood. By the way, speaking of caricatures, did you pick up in No Way Home? You know the the Daily Bugle guy, the blustering journalist, Jameson or whatever. Yeah, his name is. <laughs> he he uh, he's going off about all these conspiracy theories, and then he pushes his supplements mm-hmm. in in a very obvious mm, yes, little dig yes. at Alex, Alex Jones. Jones. Yes. Get the Daily Bugle supplements, and I just thought, oh come on. Well, uh, and you noticed this right? The first movie's called Homecoming. The second movie is called Far From Home, and then the third movie is No Way Home. The, these, I, I have yet to watch it, but uh, the, the first movie was loaded with archetypal symbolism. The bad guy, it was again inverted, right? The bad guy was uh, an angel character, played by um, Michael Keaton. Yeah. He, so he had the angel wings, so he, he was clearly this heavenly being that had 
they'd flipped. Uh, in the second movie, you had Jake Gyllenhaal playing Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, this is a tricky one, but they, uh, this was all about temple theology because Mysterio, uh, the w- Greek word mysterion, where the word, our word mystery comes from, literally means an initiation ceremony or a temple ceremony. And they had him, uh, did they have him with a triangle head or is that just in the comics? In in the comics, he's got a triangle head with an all-seeing eye. Dylan Hall's face, man. No, <laughs> you don't it's, cover that face. No, that's the money maker. But he he is engaged. Like his superpower is that he is able to pitch an alternate reality. Right, he's able to put you in an alternate reality, and the the villains that he creates are are these archetypal veil elements: earth, water, air, and fire. In 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 the Solomonic Temple, you had a the veil of the temple that kept you out of the Holy of Holies had four different colors on it, representing the four elements, earth, water, four, air, and fire. Four archangels. And the four archangels, yeah. Are the, the Catholic archangels, each one of those uh, angels has care over one of those veils or one of those elements. And they also have care over a cardinal direction. And so there's a lot, there's a lot there. <laughs> Man, we could go on and on and on about this. But there's a, there's a lot there in ritual trying to teach you about the world that has been pulled over your eyes, this, uh, this flesh world. This de- glass this, darkly. Yeah, we see through the glass darkly. Um, so are the, I'm not as familiar with comic books. Are, are you, Truman? Um, I have a little bit of Did, knowledge around are comic these, books. Are these themes? I'm not. I'm I, not. I didn't either. Some, somehow growing up, I missed comic books. I missed them. Growing up, well, I had an. We got a Nintendo at one point, right? And it, was, it was that was it. I, I only bought like a couple uh, graphic novels, but I never really got into a lot of comics. Right. I wonder if these themes come through in the in the original comic. I've argued with people who really know a lot about the comics, and I've tried to say, look, don't, because the 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 stories come from the comics, right? In fact, there was a there was a Costco connection article that came out. I know it's a very scholarly periodical, but they had interviewed Kevin Feige, the a, producer yeah, of Marvel Studios. Journal. Yeah, they they had interviewed the guy right after um, right after Infinity War, and you know I was working on all this stuff at the time, and that they they were interviewing him, and they asked him some questions like, "Well, how much do you draw from the comics?" And he says, he says, "Well, the the backstories and the costumes and stuff." but the mythology is our own. Mm-hmm. And then he admits right. that they were telling a story. He used the word mythology. Sure. And that they've been telling a story from the very beginning, and he said, and it's not done yet, and we're going to wrap it up in a, in a couple of movies. And so he lets on, he says, they ask him which of his, uh, they say, which, which of these hats, producer of Marvel studio, Studios or president, executive producer or president, which of these takes more of your time? Because he's been, he's been the guy through the whole thing. And he says, well, I do like to be there at the end when we're telling a story, you know, producing the movie. I like to be heavily involved in the story. And he says, you see, the devil is in the details of filmmaking. (laughs) (laughs) He says it that, that plainly. The devil is in the details of filmmaking. We should go see the new Spider-Man and see what you think about that one. I'd like to. It's it's good. I, 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 I was watching it. I wasn't looking for much. 
Yeah, I, my, I can't. I had popcorn I can't turn the brain and off. a soda, and but the villains. I, I, I'll be interested to get your take on the villain. Okay, I don't. I don't I'm not going to spoil anything. It, for I, I, I can almost guarantee that there's an inversion here because that that has been their mo the whole way through. Uh, WandaVision, for example, I haven't watched, but all right, I had some friends that dragged me in to watch a few of the episodes. Uh, have you seen this WandaVision thing? I never watched. It's it. all about a woman who. It's the Red Witch, and she creates false a reality. false reality out of yeah. the city that she's living in right. to resurrect her her love interest, who is Vision, the the guy that was generated out of the Mind Stone right. in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. By the way, listeners, I'm going to give you a, a an Easter egg here. If you if you haven't talked to me personally, and you don't believe what I'm saying here, Ultron represents Enoch, and it's so obvious because they have him lift the entire city up mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, and they're just rubbing it in your face. It, 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 scholarly uh, writers will talk about the age of Enoch, or the antediluvian age, and so they call it Age of Ultron, and they have him lift up a city. and like It's kind of mind-blowing how extensive their... How, how detailed and how extensive they are in their exploration of this this cosmic narrative and how they invert it you know so that's why i that's why i would recommend that uh catherine fitz catherine austin fitz uh ca fitz we got to shorten it down it's it's a nice name catherine but you need a nickname because you're you're very important person here in this uh, search for truth for (laughs) for a lot of us out here and uh, we want to talk about you faster fitz i guess she that's probably how she got talked about at at her uh in her investment banking jobs was fits, fits, fits. So she, she, uh, she poses these really good questions. And, and that's why I say, Hey, you have the resources, you have the insider knowledge. Who is Kevin Feige collaborating <laughs> with? Who is he collaborating with upline? Yeah. It's Feige, right? Is that how we say it? Feigel, so. Feige? I don't know. Feige. I've, I see. I don't even, wa- I don't watch the pop culture interviews. I just, the Costco Connection magazine just showed up in my mailbox. <laughs> it's like, what? It's got the Marvel stuff on it. I was, it was serendipitous, synchronicitous. <laughs> so, but yeah. okay, yeah. So that I think you're right there, Truman. They're they're trying. They're they're anticipating a, a calamity here that they can't necessarily overcome. Right, and they clearly have information that you and I don't. Uh, the general public has no idea that any of this is going on. Right. Some some either alternative or complementary theories on this is that there's a asteroid that's going to hit or a, a planet X. Have you looked into the planet yeah, X planet stuff? X before, yeah. You ever hear of that, Bobby? Nibiru, planet X. Uh-uh. There's this back back when the internet was free. There were a lot of guys postulating that there was a that the ancient myths uh, were portending a the return of a planet that has a very eccentric odd orbit that com- or or a dark star or a star that comes back every age every 2000 years or uh-huh. every every 10,000 years or so or it would coincide with the great year right it would coincide some somehow with either an astronomical age or uh uh the cycle of the earth uh going through the the equinoxes or something like that which is 26,000 years. They call that the great year. 
and uh, the idea is that it comes back and its its uh, proximity to Earth creates ca- uh, global cataclysm mm-hmm. in a natural way, right? And and the, a lot of people postulate that the government is aware of it and they're planning for it. Right. And then, of course, this shows up in a lot of movies like 2012 or um, What's that? Armageddon, yeah, Armageddon. Uh, and uh, Deep Impact. Deep Impact was probably a better show. Armageddon was good, but... We had a spate of asteroid movies. We have a new asteroid movie out on Netflix, by the way, uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence Hmm. called Don't Look Up. And this is a a satire that's supposed to be going after all of us anti-science people. And there's these two scientists that identify a an asteroid out there that's going to impact the earth and they can't get anybody to listen to him. They, they visit the president who's played by Meryl Streep and she's supposed to be like an approximation for Donald Trump, which is silly because Joe Biden's the one in the white house right now, but she <laughs> won't listen and nobody, the media won't listen and nobody will believe quote the science. So they're trying to rip on the anti-vaxxers, but they're using an asteroid. Well, they tried to do an, an asteroid scare last year. Wasn't it just last year? Or was it mm-hmm. 2019? Yeah, there was a recent one. They said, Oh yeah, this is going to, Pass dangerously close to the earth and no one cared well they keep crying wolf right mm-hmm. that's the problem and i think that's why the the prophecies in the doctrine and covenants section 45 i think it is i think that's why they come to fruition where every man is fighting against his neighbor and those people that don't want to take arms against their neighbors have to flee to zion because the people just don't care anymore about any any sort of a structure because it's all a bunch of lies and they haven't been sufficiently diligent or sufficiently well informed as to the truth and haven't sufficiently connected to God at least a large enough portion of the population hasn't therefore they they just demonstrate their loyalty to evil by through evil deeds shooting people and looting the corpses which we've talked about right. <laughs> being the pattern programmed into us. <laughs> right. Just basically the, the, the basis of every video, every video game, game ever. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, th- I think that's all, that's all interesting stuff. And oh, wrapping up the thought on the heavenly body or the, the Nibiru or the asteroid or whatever coming back and, and interacting with the earth or impacting the earth. There is a quote a Joseph Smith quote, and I'll have to, I, I, I don't remember the context around this, but he said that when the Lord comes, a lot of people will say it's a planet or an asteroid. Do you remember this? You've heard this, right? Uh, I, it sounds familiar. I think I've heard Okay, that. now I'm going to have to do some research since it's not common knowledge. But J.S. quote about Jesus being a planet. That should be sufficient for me to... <laughs> the return of the Lord, that people will, people will think it's a planet, but it's really the Lord returning. Well, uh, I could see that. That would make complete sense. People would think that there was some kind of astrological or astronom- astronomical event, right. there, there which were, it will be. Right. There were astronomical events associated with his first coming. Right. Like so, a star. Yeah. But we don't want to... Don't put too much weight into modern astronomical <laughs> events. Just ignore them and that wasn't on. the Christmas star. <laughs> or maybe they'll do the whole alien play they'd been building up for maybe a la Independence Day or saying the aliens are coming and you have to do this or that if you want to be saved. Yeah. They've been building that up for a while. I have to say something. 
Well, say it. <laughs> so on Christmas morning, we usually read Luke chapter two, right? Uh-huh. And I'm really disappointed. I wish we could just keep the app the same because I open up the app and it doesn't have a picture of Jesus. It has a picture of some other guy with a Christmas message. Oh, wow. On Christmas morning. And that's not <laughs> what I wanted to see when I opened my app to read Luke chapter two. So I was just really, dis- I, I just, it was, uh, it was one of those ugh, ugh moments. Well, Look, I love the Book of Mormon. I love the New Testament. I love Mormonism. Certain anniversaries and birthdays and things that should be remembered, remembered or not being commemorated. <laughs> commemorated. There was a, a birthday recently uh, near the solstice you pointed out to me. Mm-hmm. That was Joseph Smith's birthday. December 23rd, 1805. And uh, we, we didn't commemorate that as an institution this time around, which is disappointing. They used to. They used to. Yeah, it just gets uh, completely ignored. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a sad note. What do you guys... Uh, <laughs> let's talk about something fun. We got, we got to wrap up here. So let's do a little Dungeons & Dragons LARP. Oh, boy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's spend 20 minutes <laughs> wrapping this program up. Well, let I think we should maybe uh, each give us give more another answer or kind of a summary of Mr. Who, Global. Yeah, Mr. Global. You go, okay, I be, that's right because I've been doing yeah, all the I'm talking. Nice. You, Truman, and you, Bobby, have to chime in. Well, although Truman, you did kind of give us a pretty good. I, I gave my opinion. Didn't yeah, I? yeah, Bobby, what's up? Well, I think of a tall guy with broad shoulders. He's bald. He's wearing a very expensive suit. <laughs> Does he speak? <laughs> Does he speak like Darth Vader from Germany? <laughs> no, but I do think I think the people we know and see are just minions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, is there an actual person or team of people kind of pulling strings and puppeteering all of this? That's a that's the question, right? Because you've speculated that there's warring or different factions who are rivals and are trying to undermine one another. And I think that might be more accurate given the character of some of these people. I don't see how it can't be. I don't mm. think there's one guy up there in like, you know, like uh, in inspector gadget, who's the bad guy. <laughs> you only you ever only see his hand and the cat Mr. claw is and it? the yeah, cat. Mr. Claw. Yeah. Yeah. And the cat. I don't think there's one guy oh. just orchestrating all of this. I think it's, I think that it, it's people that belong to a certain a cult religion, a, a spiritual affiliation, a very elitist club of it's a big club in ru- rulers, in yeah. And I think I think a big thing is 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 what we're seeing over the last couple of years, especially, is people wanting to be part of that club, and so they'll do anything. And we're seeing a massive, we're seeing a massive child sacrifice happening in the world right now. And I mean that in every sense of the word, literal, figurative, symbolism, the young are being destroyed to make the old feel better, to feel safer. And in some cases, it's a literal like sacrifice, like blood is being shed. People are dying over this. Or will die oh. soon. Right. And, and, and you're seeing like every, every institution on the planet is siding with this Mr. Global. Right. And yeah. trying to be part of it and accept it and to please him, to hear Mr. Global. 
And Hashtag. <laughs> Here, Mr. Global. <laughs> and what is he afraid of? I think, yeah, I think that's a really great theory, that they're afraid of the gods of light. And that's Fitz. That's Fitz's uh, question. Right. She right. sees them being afraid of something, which I think is novel. That's not, not everybody out there is talking about that. I think they're but I think she's right. I think she's insecure right. Insecure and fearful people because... Uh, evil is that way you, yeah, we, yeah we know that we've all experienced that when you tell the lie and you Am I gonna get every, out? yeah everybody you have to continue to keep your guard up because I think, I think in a shorter term they're afraid of the people i mean look look at we we bring this up a lot it's still not being covered there are massive massive protests pro-liberty pro-freedom protests all over the world the left-right dichotomy is being torn apart and that's a good thing because people from the left and from the right are forming alliances and realizing, you know what, we, and it's a lot of times it's these mandates and mask rules and all this garbage with COVID that's uniting these people. Well, and a lot of people know people who are being slapped on the wrist or are uh, deplatformed off of Twitter or something right. like that. You, you, you know people who are getting censored and there, there is a shrinking group of insulated leftists statists who are who are Some still of them are right on our rightists or yeah. yeah well they're they call them so i call that's why we wanted to statist. use right. the term statist right, right. because they mitt romney yeah romney yeah, he's, Cox. he's far right right? <laughs> right you've got uh you've got republican governors that have done crap you know even in tech like abbott in texas has been mealy-mouthed and remember yeah in we the can't early rely days, on any of these guys you know we 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 Ron DeSantis gets a lot of uh, positive publicity from the liberty movement. In the early days, he was locking you down just like everybody else and blaming you for killing grandma and all of that crap. <coughs> so anyway, I think that they're afraid that they're being found out. I think there's a lot of red pills. Definitely they don't like the light being shined on them. Which is why we probably don't know who a lot of these people are. I think the bankers are a big part of it. I think finance is a big part of it. You know, who are the movers and shakers at like BlackRock and Vanguard? That's a great question because those guys are busy right now. Who's, who's buying up all these homes in California? Because, you know, there's, we talk about this mass migration from California and, and New York. And, well, people aren't just abandoning their homes. They're selling them. Who's buying them? Mm-hmm. And there's all that talk about desolate cities in Isaiah, right? We're right. seeing that set up right now. Des- well, cities I've been being to San desolate. Francisco. It's pretty desolate. But who, even more but so I, now. I don't know how you're going <laughs> to, you know, if, if we happen to make it through to, to Zion or to the other side of this, I'm not sure how we're going to trick our, our kids into moving back into San Francisco. It's going to be like, don't go over there. Right. <laughs> don't, you don't want to move back into that city. Well, and, it, and it's interesting, too, that like Bill Gates is buying up a lot of farmland. He's buying up all kinds of stuff. Of course, his vaccine. Right, and and this was a a, a Catherine. Are obvious. This was a Catherine Austin Fitz comment that the activity going on right now sure looks a lot like a real estate acquisition mm-hmm. pattern. It is, and that's who's buying all these suburban homes. It's BlackRock, Vanguard, and I think China is buying a lot of them too. And the yeah. downtown properties. Right. What, where where's the most valuable re- real estate going to be if they're able to reset the society and? move people into a better control grid. It's going to be in the downtown areas where they've shut down all the businesses yep. in these big cities. She talked a lot about the area around the feds being Yeah, the fed, up. 
Yeah, it was right around the Federal Reserve buildings where yeah. a lot of the protests were occurring and destroying the businesses mm -hmm. that hadn't been, that were hanging on for dear life from the COVID restrictions. They were getting right. looted and destroyed. And, and now it's backfiring because you got like the mayor of San Francisco recently came out and said, we need to refund the police. She was in a minority there. There's a lot of people who said defund the police now saying, on second thought. <laughs> well, you had those two Congress women who were both pro defund the police get carjacked separately. Who was who was that? <laughs> I don't remember their names, but they got they carjacked. Were Democrats. Within within inside of a couple of weeks or a week, they got they each got carjacked. Which the cops can't stop that anyway. That's mm -hmm. why you need to have your own self defense. Right. But they right. got carjacked and I don't know if they're even singing a different tune now, but the world's falling apart. <laughs> right before our You ever eyes. seen the uh the never ending story? Yep. Turn around, look at what you see. Yep, that one. Dream a dream. What's the big villain? And what you dream will be the nothing. The nothing. What does it do? Nothing. It eats the world. It's yeah, it destroys, the it disintegrates apart. the world. I think that is uh, apt. <laughs> well, and that's what the gods of light <coughs> work against. They work against chaos, entropy. This right. world, that's why this world is the death world. Their world is living because it's not in entropy. And it's, or at least that's one reason why it's considered living. It's it's in life. It it, it it's self sustaining, and this world is dying and degrading, and and subject to the second law of thermodynamics. If you want to look at it that way, mm -hmm. it's it, it's increasing disorder every time you turn around. Right. The only real order that occurs, I've heard said, is in the mind of man, because your mind, you know, you can. And, and, and the minds of men right now are under attack by entropy big time. That, that's why we call it the mind virus show. You know, this is why we focus on propaganda, because it all starts in the mind. And the other place where, and by m the mind of man, I include women in that, because what I'm about to say is the other place that uh, life occurs is in the womb of the woman, you know? And that's a, a special thing that, you know... Well, and then now motherhood has become a dirty word. Yeah. These days. So increasing to more. So it's also under attack. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Western cultures. Well, if we need to wrap up, let's give. Well, we keep talking if you want. Well, do you gentlemen need to be somewhere at some point? You want to go get lunch? We could continue I mean, the discussion off air. <laughs> no, we could have the real discussion after the podcast. We could, like yeah, we, we could do. certainly go do that. I don't, uh, it's, uh, this is the time of the day. It won't wow. mean anything to our listeners, but I, I just. No, we're, we're good. What, okay. what else do you want to talk about, Bobby? Nothing. I, I'm, I mean, I, we I live, like this. We live for the podcast. I like this conversation. And just My life make, for I just Iyer. didn't want to make, I just didn't want Truman to get in trouble at home or whatever for I being late. I have today off of work. Okay, so. there you go. <laughs> what Boxing else is on day. your mind? Boxing Day observed. No, I, I love this stuff, and I think... I Bo think Bobby and Truman are uh, walking along a deserted trail in the mountains, and they, <laughs> encount they encounter a sphinx. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. I take out my sword. Lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> I take out my sword. Google LARP 
lightning bolt. Do okay. yourself a favor, everybody, yes. and Google lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. I've never it was seen amazing. this. It Death. Is amazing. Death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it came I, right I, up. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story. I uh, back in the day, I played a college sport. Played lacrosse in college. Okay, I've now experienced it. (laughs) We'll we'll link to that. That that's an old video. It came out. It was like one of those first kind of generation of viral videos. But I played lacrosse in college, and lacrosse is a sport where you wear a helmet and shoulder pads, and you have a stick, right? Well, we were getting ready for a game one day, and we were warming up on the field, getting dressed and everything. And on the adjacent field was a bunch of larpers with like foam swords and fake armor and they were staging a battle mm-hmm. and we looked at each other and we said we could make history today <laughs> and be like an in, you know put our gear invading on army and, yeah be like this <laughs> barbaric horde <laughs> and just start beating these people we didn't do it oh dang we also thought it could be hilarious as we beat these guys down but also they might actually be really good with those swords and they might <laughs> beat us down and that would be terrible. So we we focused on our LARP for the day, our live action role play in sports and we let them in peace. But it could have been, had we had a video camera, we might have got some Kodak courage. They they uh, have some pretty realistic equipment, those guys, the yeah, LARP. A lot of some times of they'll, do. they'll do like real that swords. That guy had and... lightning bolts. I know. And he kept saying that he had them. He lightning bolts. Lightning bolt. He was shooting them out of his hand. I saw that. Sort yeah. of. Well, he was throwing those Nerf darts, I think is what yeah. they were. But they were lightning bolts. And then, it, mm. then death occurred. Yes. Right. <laughs> My favorite is the, the peasant woman <laughs> clapping, clapping at the end. It was like... But look, here's the thing. LARPers, which is live action role play, it gets made fun of a lot. All of us, all every single person on the planet is LARPing. We're all role-playing and pretending to be something we're not. And that's the truth. Whether at your job and your hobbies, we're all to a different to a to an extent, we're all live action role playing. All the world's a stage. So people who find something that they enjoy and a community that they enjoy being with. Go for it. No, I think it's I think it's great. It's just sometimes it can be a Except little. Except for you, old lady, you can <laughs> drop, <laughs> drop dead. dead. Well, this is my experience with the Larpers. My kids were fairly young. You know, uh, we were at a national park around here, in a, in a really nice area of the national park, and we're sit, <gasps> sitting down admiring the scenery and uh, having having lunch. My wife and I, I think, we're sitting at a picnic table, and our kids were running around pretending and playing, right? And these are kids ages probably two on up to 15 at the time. And um, an adult male in his 20s, I found out about this later when, because uh, I only watched the conversation from afar, but he kind of loafs into this milieu, this uh, m- melee of my children playing because they're children 
They call it playing and pretending when you're children. Right. He walks up to my two older kids and says, are you guys LARPing? I should have brought my stuff. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> he's, the older kids are like, uh, who are you? And uh, <laughs> what is why, LARPing? Why do you have stuff? <laughs> yeah. What are, what are you talking about? We're just playing, you know? And, and so it was a little bit awkward. Well, and, we you know, all... there's that whole stranger danger thing. Right. But I think this guy was just a, you know, maybe a little bit re- sincere, sincere, naive person. Well, we all person. grew up. LARPing, like when yeah, kids play. That's what pretend is. Kids play cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians. I don't know. Can you say that anymore? Cowboys and Indians. Cowboys and aliens. Cowboys. cowboys and aliens. Yeah. Did I tell you about cowboys and aliens? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I wanted to watch something that was just brain dead and yeah. mindless, and it turned out to be all this esoteric stuff right. about the woman and forgetting and. <laughs> And he has to get his memory back yeah. and to defeat the aliens who live underground and they don't want to see in the light and they're <laughs> sucking the life out of the people and everything. It's, it's like... It's spe- <laughs> speaking of World like, of Warcraft... Oh, spe- my gosh, here it is again. Speaking right. of World of Warcraft, that, that made LARPing cool because you're, it's just the same... And, Dun- and Dungeons and Dragons, it's literally yeah. the same thing. You just have an avatar of a dwarf rather than a little picture or a statue of a tour. Right. Well, I want to know in the metaverse, when you're in the virtual reality, if you'll then play games, video games in the virtual reality oh, they're, to, they're, try to, escape the, out there. to try to escape the virtual reality, So to drown your sorrows. So is the top still spinning kind of a thing? Yeah. Right. Pro- I don't know, probably. That, by the way, was a reference to the movie Inception. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's already a lot of video games you know, um, VR video games. Well, in Ready Player One, they play games inside the universe. That yeah, VR. right. Did they have games in World of Warcraft that you could play, like checkers or chess? Or yeah, yeah. You uh. can do pet battles, which is kind of like Pokemon. There's even like little bejeweled type things and puzzles, and mm-hmm. and there's other games. There's a game called There's a game series which is based on a book series. Written by a Czechoslovakian author, I think. Czechless? Czech Czechoslovakian? Czechless? <laughs> You're Czech, the pronunciator. Czech. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Called The Witcher. And yep. The Witcher is now getting headlines in mainstream because Netflix has created a TV series out of it. Not for children. Yeah. Not for the children. games are not for children either, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Or teenage boys. <laughs> but inside the game, there's a card game called Ghent. Gwent. Gwent, yes. And now that has been pulled out and create and be made into a separate standalone card game. And that was from the Witcher the book series? That was from Witcher, Witcher the video game. The video game. Oh. So in the video game you can play this card game with NPCs. Okay. It's actually kind of a part of the game. But now play. they brought the they brought the virtual reality <laughs> game into real life where you can now play it with real people instead of having to play it in inside I don't know the if game. you can play it with real people. It's but digital. You can play it on your iPad yeah. with uh, other people and things like that. Real people or like fake people? But both, <laughs> both, I think. Maybe. <laughs> okay. I don't know. But you know, we're blurring the, the lines. I mean, seriously, but right? Magic the Gathering, which is another I've seen, card game. I I know people those in my are, family those, who those types get of games, sucked into that. Those types of games are now digital. Like Blizzard, who makes yeah, yeah. World of Warcraft, makes one called Hearthstone, and okay. you can battle people from all over the the world. And there's lucrative tournaments uh, if you're really good. Yep. You can make a lot of money. But see, those games, those are card games gone digital. And right. I, we're talking about 
a game within the game. Right. Yeah, those do exist. Mm-hmm. Little mini games inside of games. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. It's like when it's like it's like having your <laughs> having to control your first person shooter and then getting into a car and having to have him control the car somehow. But yeah. the, the the controls aren't good enough, you know, to to like I'm trying to think there's a game where you can play arcade games, where your character can play arcade games, like simple little versions of Pong. <laughs> yes, and I can't remember the the game, but Tron. It, it does exist. So the mm-hmm. light the, cycles, it's there. Game within a game. Yeah, a dream <laughs> within a dream. <laughs> so uh, maybe we should give Truman the last word. Okay. Um. <laughs> kind of I thought you were going to say good morning, good afternoon. If I don't, I don't see you. <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I really love talking about this type of stuff. And, and, and if one thing I've, you know, thought about in this past year is there's always many layers to everything, and you just have to keep digging deep, and hopefully you can find out what the mm-hmm. true meanings of uh, things are. Well, since we've got you here. Uh, we're going to need a prediction from you, okay? And right, and right, and right. a general and a general outlook on the future. Because last year, Bobby postulated avalanche. I think that was the title of one or of our ca- yeah avalanche and cata- catastrophe. And the reason I so, talked about yeah. avalanches is because avalanches occur when a foundation is eroded, loaded. Oh, loaded. Right. Okay. And there and it and it and it's overloaded to the point where it collapses it doesn't avalanches aren't caused by noise so this is a structural firing a gun into the air in the mountains is not going to cause an avalanche this is a structural engineering problem you don't have to whisper (laughs) but it is it's a structural engineering problem and so what you'd have is a a weak base which is often some old snow from say october you know Mm -hmm. early season snow and it gets rotten Mm -hmm. you've all seen rotten crumbly snow Right, you and step you in. Have and layers. You're, you're walking snow along it, is, and then you drop. Snow, a snowpack, especially a really deep snowpack, is ten feet deep. You cut it. You cut it open, and it's layers. layers yeah. And you can see. You can poke into weak layers, and you say oh, that's that's where it would break. Anyway, that's what we saw was happening to society. Right, just this continually mm-hmm. over this continual overload. And so I'd have to say you, what we're discussing as the the nothing from the never ending story just disintegrates everything around us. It's, it's really happening. It's just kind of slower than an avalanche, right? Right. right. Yeah. And so you might have a, a, an avalanche avalanches. Most, most avalanches occur during storms mm-hmm. because you have snow mm-hmm. falling on that in that weight. But then they can also happen when somebody like a skier or a snowmobiler gets onto that slope and creates that sudden, that sudden the cascade impact. And it just, and you hear this whoop, and the whole slope collapses. Hmm. So there's a difference in that. That storm load is kind of continual, right? And then, whoop, and then it the starts to move. Is a sudden, as a sudden impact, something like, you know. A, so when they shoot off the avalanche guns, airplanes hitting a couple of buildings. So when they lo- when they're firing off avalanche guns, it's not the sound, it's the No, they're literally they're, they're bombing. Sh- they're impact. bombing it and causing they're, they're it. They're literally bombing the mountain to, to trigger it. avalanches because the safe place to be is on a slope that just avalanched. Yeah, so okay. ski resorts will do that. Here we have a lot of ski resorts. If you drive up the canyon early in the morning, you can hear Really? They're literally They do it often. 
yeah, they do it all the time, especially after storms. They call it avalanche control, and that's why ski resorts don't open till nine thirty or so because they got to do that. In the they got to bomb the slopes. Just make sure when you go on a backcountry tour that you know where they're bombing, or you might end up bombed, bombed, <laughs> or stopping the bombing and being in a lot of trouble. Oh, really? Secondhand knowledge. Secondhand knowledge. Not quite firsthand. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, they and they use antiquated World War II artillery and things like that, and they'll literally go over in helicopters and drop bombs mm. onto the slopes. And well, we, that's one thing we didn't talk about as much in our <laughs> predictions review episode was this avalanche idea, and I think we're seeing it. And it, it's weird because you have part of the avalanche is that the people are waking up, but the the the, the intensity of that is not getting any play in the corporate press. Well, you start, you're starting to see a few articles here and there. I think even the New York Times covered covered that young people, kids and college kids are, there is an unprecedented uh, amount of mental stress, mental problems, people going to doctors mm-hmm. and suicide ideation and things like that. Like think, think about your own lives. Are you more or less stressed out and concerned and worried than you were two years ago? Yeah, significantly more stressed out and worried. Like, yep. people are being loaded, right? And mm-hmm. overloaded. Until mm-hmm. we're, and, and people are starting to collapse. Like we, you might have seen the video of this woman on an airplane recently screaming at a gentleman on an airplane. I, I don't think the airplane was even in flight yet, but he was eating and didn't have his mask on, and she's screaming at him and doesn't have her mask on because she can scream better if you pull it down around her chin. (laughs) (laughs) And she ends up spitting on him, right? And Mm -hmm. so she's clearly lost it. Uh She's lost her mind. Anyway, individuals are collapsing like an avalanche slope. Yeah. And that's how society's going to collapse, right? It's it's the people one by one. Collapsing. It seems to be like that's that's part of it. This mental collapse. Well, it, look at the way we've been gaslit over. We you know we have a year's worth of podcasts about the lies and the mm-hmm. the the gaslighting yeah. and the and well, the, I, the way they're mistreating people. Right? I've even got family members that are have been avoiding me for two yeah. years because I'm not vaccinated. Right. Right. We're or my just family's gone, we've not just vaccinated. gone through another holiday season of being told, don't be together. Don't gather together. You're going to kill everybody. <laughs> and it's like, no, gather together. And if someone's sick, stay home, right? Or do a podcast in your bunk basement bunker studio. <laughs> but when I, when I was sick a few weeks ago, like legitimately sick, we stayed home. We missed some things and everybody gets it. Everybody understands. But it's no reason to, to get upset at each other. And and it, part of that collapse, part of that stress is now we've moralized viruses, right? or cat, catching a virus is now a moral failure. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've given people the most delicious of moral treats, according to Aldous Huxley, the, right. the chance to put their thumb on somebody else and virtue, and, and virtue signal. It's we, even we've gone beyond the that. signaling. I think it, we've it's magnified like it. this woman on the airplane was doing far more than virtue signaling. She was trying to... Hurt this right, guy. she wanted to enforce the norm that she perceived was appropriate. She wanted to enforce the rules, the righteous indig- indignation. They th- I think they threw her off the plane and arrested her. Right, because he had the excuse of, I'm eating. Right, which right? it's all so absurd. Yeah, I think one prediction I have is <coughs> we'll keep hearing more about variants 
and they'll keep hyping that up and um they'll keep putting the 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 pressure on the 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 thumb on people okay so how long can they do that i think they probably have a good maybe year more play on that because omicron i like to throw a little extra n into my omicron omicron everywhere yeah (laughs) omicron uh seems to be like a the common cold like it it is that seems to be what people are yeah, yeah I, saying I saw is somebody said omicron is a better vaccine than the vaccines because it's it's this, this weak version of the virus it, yeah it doesn't even make you as sick as the vaccines are making people right so the, the, the the reason i say that is they want to keep the vaccine stuff going so they still need covid around until they get full you know on the cdc list for children recommended so I think as soon as that kind of goes away, you you're talking may about see... the 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 actual vaccine schedule. Yeah, the vaccine schedule. They need non-emergency authorization. They need regular yes. everyday authorization. Yes, and you know there is that Comarty, Comarty, or whatever vaccine that the BioNTech. They aren't interchangeable. Spell that. Comarty, uh, I think. C-O-M-I-N-A-R-T-Y. You just said it. You didn't spell it. C O M I N. A-R-T-Y, I think. Okay, yeah, I'll something like Google that. that it's, it's only available in other uh, countries. It's not available here. So the, the, the vaccine that was quote-unquote approved is not Comer- available. Comernity. Come on, Comernity. Truman here. Okay. C-O-M-I-R-N-A-T-Y. Okay, okay. okay. Well, that, well, fortunately, you know, Google knows how to spell this stuff. At any rate, they for all the work they've put into that, I think they're going to continue down this path. And just like that SPARS academic, uh, epidemic, SPARS 2025, it only lasted about three years. So I think we're going to be nearing the end of this, but the, the nightmare is not going to end. It's going to keep continuing on. Yeah. Did we, did we treat that well enough? I mean, you, you brought up the spars thing. That was a Johns Hopkins uh, role play. Yes. Uh, war game. Yeah. War game. Live action war gaming. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess they didn't war game. It a lar- paper, but yeah. Live action. A log. <laughs> a log. <laughs> but these sort of things are not unprecedented, right? We've we've talked about event 201 on this show and right. it was similar to that. Yeah. Why don't you give a little background cuz I don't think we talked about it with on the recording. So Spars 2025 is very similar to event 201 in terms of what was played out. There wasn't a group or a committee like there was event 201, but it was more or less It's like a white a, paper a, a white out of Johns paper. Hopkins. Yeah. And in the white paper uh, a, a a virus emerges, they start trying to you know, lock down, do some of the things we're seeing uh, now. Uh, the biggest thing that I thought stood out from this one is that in the white paper, they actually talk about vaccine injury and how to respond to it. And they expected it. They expected be... it and the social media response behind it. And it happened about two years in that it started getting a lot of headway in the SPARS 2025. So I think we're going to see a lot more push about vaccine injury and Things with the professional athletes collapsing and so this was whatnot. This was created in, in or at least completed in October 2017. Yes. So, Truman, you're saying your prediction is COVID does not go away. They come out with scarier variants. They're not or gonna, more variants. I'm not sure how they're going to play it, but they're not going to let it go. They're not going to let it die just and th- yet. And then vaccine injury will become a, a big hot topic you're gonna hear you're gonna hear hear about vaccine injury or or people getting censored for that or whatnot you know another another soccer player died this week 
collapsed on the field. They, yep. He hobbled off the field, went behind the scenes, the locker room or whatever, and then died. Yeah. Heart with a heart failure. Right, but he ran into the goalie, didn't he, or something yeah. like that? Yeah. He just, he did. Well, what they're saying now is it's the stress from the pandemic that's killing people. Right. It's post pandemic right. stress yeah. disorder. Which, yeah. Look, that's real. We just talked about it. Yeah. But it's, it's not the it's level not, they're giving It's not to. the type of thing that's going to cause a bunch of young people to have heart attacks. No, but it might cause old people in nursing homes to check out yeah. if they're locked away from anyone yeah. Yeah. And, and only people that they see have the mask on. You see Biden brought back the dancing nurses? No, did he? Yeah, he had <laughs> nurses at the White House for Christmas dancing. That's something we hadn't seen this this season, you know, this hospital overwhelmed season. You have oh, to give me yeah. a last link year. To that. A year ago, there was ran, there was dozens of these strange videos, and Biden Biden brought them back to the White House. Yeah, I'm, I might have just checked out, you know, because it's the holiday week and everything. But I haven't seen a lot of traction on their whole. Except for you, lady, you just dropped dead statement like that. Sort of got memory hold by the media because it was so abrasive. Winter of severe illness and death. Yeah, he did. He did say that we were going to have that winter of severe illness and death. Yeah. So are they are they playing that up still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, let's see, we're we're seeing I think this these death fits, mm-hmm. or the 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 crazy is extra extra crazy right mm. now. I think they're still going to play it for at least a little while longer. Yeah, they might be. Well, we there was one article we didn't talk about. That was the IMF, World Bank, and ten other countries holding an alarming simulation on the global financial system collapsing and. Right. I think we'll talk about that next podcast when we do predictions, because okay. that's a good, there's another simulation indicating a potential emergency right. scenario. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you, what, what do you think about the economy? You think it's going to hold steady? You think they're going to tank it? What do you, what do you think? I, th- I think they're doing a controlled demolition right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe I've told you the metaphor of a castle siege before. I, th- I believe. Explain it. So in medieval times or all throughout warfare and, and history is you typically surround a city and you cut off their food supply, you cut off their water, and you starve them out. And I believe that's what is being happening to us today. Uh, they're, they've gradually been taking things and they're going to keep taking more and more and more until you literally cannot survive and you have to accept so what about all the court cases like where there have been been pushbacks against the mandate you oh, think court they'll cases be are gonna fail okay 100 percent. that's 100 percent. that's yeah. pretty good yeah i think all the mandate cases are going to the supreme court now and that I so what, what what you're basically saying is the supreme, supreme court's going to come out yeah. and pull a john roberts on us and yes. say obamacare is yes. constitutional yes and the only way you can maybe get around that is if if the state Okay, we're going to check you on these in a okay. year. So that's our. <laughs> we want yeah. misery loves company. We need to. We, no, we, we, that's why we're asking for. Pr- and obviously, that creates prediction. a lot of stress in my life. I don't. Want, <laughs> I don't want to hear this. That I, me being, I feel like being rational about this. That they're going to betray us. Absolutely, they will. Well, the good news is that when it comes to avalanches, when it comes to sieges, there's ways you, there's things you can do and ways you can prepare against those things. In the case of avalanches, you choose safe travel routes you become educated about the cause of avalanches and you tune into the avalanche center's morning briefings and their emails where they say is that like the centers for disease control no there is there like a, a an avalanche conspiracy theory group out there who's like it wasn't an avalanche they shot the mountain while i was on it and 
Not that I know of. <laughs> okay. But there probably is. But the local avalanche center... They're keeping that slope all to themselves. <laughs> there is a lot of conflict in the backcountry, particularly, it's a, like most Western conflicts deal with users, usership. Yeah. Uh, here in the Wasatch, the Wasatch Mountains are small. We need to... Need more mountains? Well, they're just small. They're small mountains. They go straight up and straight down, and then they're done. And mm-hmm. there's a, there's two million people on the Wasatch Front or whatever, and they get a lot of traffic, and there's all kinds of conflict, summer, winter, whatever. But one of the sources of contention in the backcountry, in the winter backcountry, is helicopter skiing and helicopters flying in on a hilltop that you just spent three hours hiking up to. The helicopter comes in, lands, drops off some skiers, and those skiers go and ski and down. And they get to take the pristine slope, and you're like, "Right, hey, where are we going to do that one? So that, there's, but anyway, <laughs> we don't need to get into all of that. But there are ways you can be safer in avalanche country, just like you can prepare for a siege, right? Mm-hmm. You know, with your own food and water and power generators and things. Well, but yeah, the issue with siege warfare is that, it, you know, you don't know how long it's going to last. How, how can you outlast it? If we don't right. have, if we don't take local control, which again, getting back to Catherine Austin Fitz, <coughs> Fitz is explaining that you need to localize your banking, your farming, yeah, and, stop funding which is these people. so much easier said than done. So much easier oh, said than it's done. It's nearly impossible to really do in today's day and age. Homesteading but is should illegal. We, do we give up? Yeah, I mean, in all fifty states, homesteading is illegal. So that means you got to have money to go out and buy a ranch or just some rural property that also has water, water rights, which mm-hmm. can, by the way, be taken away. The land can be taken away. You know, there's all kinds of. You think that just buying a ranch that doesn't do it? Yeah. Talk to <laughs> talk to the ranchers in the West and yeah. talk about how the federal government has blankety blank them over over the years i mean there's a right. whole episode maybe brewing about this stuff yep well and that's a uh, uh been so a topic it's... in western uh circles for a while there's a guy that writes survival blog james rawls and he calls it the sagebrush rebellion he, right. he essentially predicted the Maller wildlife refuge right. uh protest right and the ranching rebellion well this this thing goes this, this, the the ranching and the the grazing rights, the water rights, it's a deep issue and it's full of government interference, shenanigans, yeah. interference, corruption, yeah. and murder, even murder. Yeah, murder. But yeah, like I said, it's a different topic. But the point is, it's really hard to disengage yourself from the system. It's not just you can't just take a red pill and. Or, you well, know, the red ju- pill's g- the first g- step. Get on Lands of America, landsofamerica.com, and search for ranches in your state or some western state. You're going to find a lot of them for sale for lots and lots and lots of dollars, mm-hmm. millions of dollars in most cases. So if you're not already fairly well off, you're not going to be able to disengage. Now, you could move to a little town. Don't these you don't old have ran- to buy a ranch. I know these people want to like check out, get a lot of money, and retire, but don't, don't these western... Aren't, aren't these... Rural ranchers supposed to be aware that, that that's what's going on, that the big money's buying them up and that they need to save this for their families? Some of them. I guess the dynamic I mean, is that if you, have, if you have five kids and you've got one ranch, ranching you got to sell li- it. It's a tough living. 
And if so, your dad was a rancher and you grew up on this ranch working constantly year round to make $40,000 a year, you know, so for keeping, your family. So keeping the ranch is, is hard because it takes all this effort and you don't bring in a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. Selling it generates tons of cash. Your dad's passed away. The ranch is passed on to the kids. And there are carrying costs. They realize that this 2,000 acres with water rights and uh, uh, two homes on it and a barn can be sold for $20 million. All the kids get to pay out. You say, we could be set for life. We just sell this. We can move to wherever we want. We can buy another ranch. We can buy a smaller ranch. We can buy a home in the Hamptons. We, you know, So uh, you see that on a small scale in our community, which was once a rural community. Yeah. Right. And then you see these farmers fields that one day, and we all know it's inevitable. One day a backhoe shows up and then next thing you know, you know, you've got bunch a, of houses. You, you've got you a, a bunch of new neighbors. And, and yeah. why didn't it happen 10 years ago? Well, because grandpa Hadn't, was still wasn't alive. ready yet. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other topic. A whole other episode is how do you, how do you get out? How, how, how do we, navigate it there's a lot of good survival blogs and prepper blogs and things like that well we got to keep fighting you say truman says they're going to keep <laughs> taking things away from us little by little yeah. so you know keep fighting if if the mandate shows up at your business you you do everything you can to fight it right Ra- make right. them fire you if uh if they uh i mean the ultimate line in the sand i think out here in the west is if they force you to have a vaccine to enter a supermarket that's going to be fireworks yeah. i think because when they really get yeah. down to the food again they 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 did that with masks right last year yeah. you're supposed to wear a mask this even now the wording says masks are not required if you're vaccinated that's right? funny because but, everybody's obviously vaccinated in the supermarket <laughs> but nobody's checking even in the height of the mask uh hysteria here which was like a year ago I never was confronted by anybody at the grocery store when I didn't wear one. I got and turned I was, away the, I was, on the day of. I was literally a few times I was the only person I saw with that one. I did get turned away from a restaurant. And partly was I just didn't want to cause trouble for the 15-year-old cash register girl. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, you have to wear a mask. It's like, I'm not we'll going to s- scream at this high school kid. <laughs> yeah, I scream at enough high school kids as it is being, being a coach. <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, there are ways. Like, there's talk of uh, vaccine mandates for domestic flights, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, stop flying then. I did see something encouraging that uh, all the major news sources, Wapo, CNN, New York Times, were all down significantly in their traffic. It's good. Like, 30, Cor- 40, people are 50%. stopping. People are jettisoning the corporate media, which is a huge KSL too. Yeah, uh, KSL's in that. I'd lump them in that. They're just a local arm of the. The only regime. thing KSL has going for it is the ca- classifieds. We maybe we need to come up with a competing classified system. It's just that there's a chicken and the egg problem there. Yeah. Right. It's just too easy to use KSL right. for that. Face- well, Facebook. I don't use Facebook anymore, but that that was a use. That was a really useful way to sell stuff. And I don't mean the Facebook classifieds. I mean just it's putting it out on hey, Facebook. Hey, I've got this hey, for network sale. Network that I'm connected to. I've got this yeah. thing for sale. Isn't, did it, they clamp down on that? Like they don't want you to sell stuff, or well, they have their just, own classifies now. Yeah, called marketplace. Okay, and I've I, I've sold stuff through that, but I don't. I haven't used Facebook in two or three you're, years. You're punting Facebook out 
I was, I've said this before. I was pretty much weaned off of social media except for Instagram. Cause I like photos, <laughs> but then all of this stuff put me, got me back onto Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like a dog to its vomit. I had someone had to tell Spencer Cox what for, <laughs> and the best way to do that is obviously anonymously on Twitter. On Twitter. Just Screaming into your pillow, <laughs> screaming into the void. Exactly. Twitter is, imagine going to somewhere really crowded, like a big convention or a football stadium that's packed and everybody's screaming something. And you scream. <laughs> and, you, and you're screaming something to it. It doesn't have anything to do with what the guy next to you is screaming. And occasionally someone will go, I agree. <laughs> and then he starts screaming back into the void. <laughs> or well, you're an idiot. <laughs> Oh, funny. Well, should we wrap up? Yep. Hey, happy new year, everybody. This is this is it for the year 2021. Keep up the good fight. Yeah. That's what I want to say. And thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you, man. Yeah, we'll have to have you back. And uh, if not uh, sooner, we will hold you accountable in a year for your <laughs> okay. predictions. We're going to edit this. The court case. We're going to chop this up, edit it, and uh, make you say a lot of things you didn't say, which <laughs> will protect us because you'll look a lot worse. Yeah, being, a, <laughs> being a former editor, you can make anyone say anything if you have them on tape for just a few minutes. <laughs> I agree. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. I agree. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We are signing off on behalf of Jordan Bruno, Truman, but not Truman Burbank. Yep, I'm find, Bobby Flood. Find us on the web at mindvirus.show. Please register your comments there. We're looking Get for your feedback. Get your predictions in. Predictions, Our predictions yeah, episode predictions. is coming, and we want to know what your predictions are. We want to take credit for those are. predictions, so give us some ideas. For sure. <laughs> okay, see you, everybody. All right, goodbye.